This Baxton O'Brien podcast is brought to you by Gary Thomas and the Wealth Technology Group in Westfield. Where it's not what you make, it's what you keep. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 535 and Stone Temple Pilots on Rock 102. It is going to be another hot one, like record high hot. Uh, sunshine today and a high of about 95. Add the humidity, it'll feel much worse. It is already 73 in downtown Springfield. Scott Cohen will be joining us this morning. There's uh, loads of sports to talk to Scotty about, so he'll be here after 7 o'clock. And there's, some and, other, and there's some other stuff, too, this morning. Yeah, we, we don't even know yet, but uh, it'll be a surprise for all of us. It's 536 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. Rock 102's Classic Rock Summer is driven by Leah Toyota of Wilbraham. Experience the difference. Quality, service, and price. All at Leah Toyota of Wilbraham. It's happening now through Labor Day weekend. All you need to do is listen to Rock 102 all summer long and get ready to pounce when your opportunity to grab your share of the summer stash of prizes presents itself. Plus, we're giving away a $25 gift card to The Hangar every weekday through Labor Day. If you'd like to take a shot at winning, you need to register at rock102.com. Then listen to Pat Kelly every weekday afternoon to see if you've won. It's the classic rock summer driven by Leah Toyota of Wilbraham on Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Big, heavy, noisy window AC units. Inefficient oil or propane heating. You've needed them to survive until now. Richard Watling Plumbing and Heating has the solution for homes without ductwork. Higher ductless systems. Richard Watling Plumbing and Heating determines the right solution for your home using only quality higher systems. From Advanced Plus, Next Gen Arctic, Arctic Multi, or FlexFit Multi Higher Ductless Mini Splits, there's a higher answer to your cooling and heating needs from higher. Richard Watling Plumbing and Heating. Call 413-320-7442 or find them on Facebook. Modern manufacturing and state-of-the-art technology is right under your nose. Here in Hope. Rock, it's 552. And David Bowie in Rock 102. There's a heat advisory continuing as the heat wave goes along with it. Partly cloudy today, near record high of 94. Tomorrow up to 95. It is uh, already 73 in downtown Springfield. Hey, what do you say? We hop right into some Hollywood trash with Steve Nagel in Rock 102. Try to remember back to the time when you were uh, training to get your driver's license, right? All right. Uh And uh, who was the person that taught you? the most, you know, taking you out driving and stuff, your parents or whoever? Uh, I took a, a class in high school, so it was a teacher. Okay, so a teacher. Yeah, parents for me. But what if your teacher was Helen Mirren? Uh, yeah. Well, that yeah. would have been uh, 50 years, uh, 50, uh, 45 years ago. It would have been very difficult to keep my eyes on the road. But that's exactly what she did for Liam Neeson when he was 30 years old. He didn't learn how to drive until he was almost 30, and only because he had to. His teacher was Helen Mirren. Liam got a gig on the 1981 King Arthur movie Excalibur, uh, which she was also in, but they didn't provide transportation to the set, so he had to buy a car and get a license, and Helen helped him do it. He says, Helen and I formed a lovely friendship, I'm proud to say, but yeah, she taught me how to drive, essentially. And didn't she then kidnap his daughter? And he picked up the phone and said, I will find you. Exactly. It wasn't Helen Mirren, but you're close. She was like, of course you'll find me. I'm coming over this afternoon to teach you parallel parking. Uh, Yeah. 1981. So how old? He's got to be in his 70s now then, right? Uh, Probably if he was 30 back then. Damn. 
He getting old. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson will get an honorary Oscar in 2022 along with Danny Glover, Liv Ullman, and Elaine May. Jackson has only ever been nominated for an Oscar once for Pulp Fiction. He did not win. So the honorary one is like, well... We feel bad. Yeah. Well, shouldn't you really... Shouldn't you earn the Oscar? I mean, I know you know your career has you know, got you an honorary distinction, but it's like... If you haven't been in something that you were so great in in a long, long time, I mean, other than those, you know, insurance commercials, which or those credit card commercials, which he's terrific. Well, yeah, but if he was in a in a movie in the past and he should have won an Oscar and he got ripped off because they chose somebody else who was not as good, uh, you know, it's like those uh, honorary doctorates. You know how hard people work for a real doctorate. Why should somebody else get it without doing all the work? Yeah, but they can't really do very much with it. No, like I know, couldn't. but you can't do much with a fake Oscar either. Yeah, Bill Cosby. Look at all those doctorates he got. Yeah, right. Look what they got him. Would, yeah, well, mm-hmm. he was a doctor for sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure his prison wall has got all those, all of those, uh, those doctorates tacked on there. He, he was good. He was a good at medicine yeah, and yeah. administering medicine. Yeah. Right. I don't think all those gynecological exams count. Uh, when you're famous, it's probably an honor when people name their kids or their pets after you, but there are some limits. And when a company called Screaming O Pleasure Products introduced a line of penis rings called Ring O, Ringo Starr was not flattered. Oh. In fact, he sued them in 2019, saying the name was too close to his own and people might believe Ringo was in the sex toy business. The lawsuit has now been settled. There's no word if Screaming O had to fork over any cash, but they did promise to, quote, avoid any activity that would lead to confusion. It's not his real name, though. It, uh, well, but if he's got the brand. But right, that's what name. I mean. I don't know what having the brand means. If All he right, doesn't but, have it trademarked. But. Or maybe he does. Where does the Ringo go? Oh, right around the. Right. And what is yeah. Ringo's real first name? Ringo. Richard. Richard. Mm. Ah. Mm-hmm. Well, so see, there might be some confusion there. You know, Maybe he's got uh, some other lawsuits in his back pocket. You know, Sounds like the old reach-around excuse. Maybe. Even if that name popped up while I was in a sex store, the last thing on my mind would be Ringo Starr. Right. Right. You'd be thinking about George. That's right. I would I'd be, be thinking yeah, of Paul because yeah. he's a cuter beetle. Yeah, but uh, George is more pensive. And John was... Uh, eh, he's already taken. Pensive. Mm. Very close to a different word, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, Discovery's annual Shark Week is back on July 11th through the 15th with Tiffany Haddish as the host. It'll uh, include shows featuring the Jackass crew, Ian Ziering and Tara Reed from Sharknado, and Dr. Pimple Popper. I, what does Dr. Pimple Popper have to do with Shark Week or I, Tiffany I, Haddish? I don't know. Is there another Sharknado coming out? Maybe. Well... Tiffany Hannish, I notice, is doing a lot of voiceover stuff. Yes. But I don't know how those other people's inclusion in Shark Week is going to be done, if not just through voiceovers. Yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not sure how that's going to work either, but maybe it's just their way of trying to rope people in going, look yeah. at all these people we have on here. Mm-hmm. Olivia Rodrigo released an image of herself done up like the prom queen on the cover of Hole's live, uh, live Through This album. Uh, Courtney Love called her out on it, but said all she wants from Olivia is flowers and a note. That's it? Yeah. 
It doesn't sound like she's serious about this. Courtney Love should be happy anybody is paying attention to her. Well, wait a minute. I'm sorry. This woman, who, who is this? Olivia Rodrigo. She sings that horrible driver's license song. Driver's license I got song. my driver's license. I thought that was Liam Neeson. No, no, that was no. Helen Mirren. Jeez. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. Helen Mirren taught Liam Neeson. <laughs> Liam to... Neeson taught Olivia Rodrigo to get her driver's license. She writes a song about it. And how to sing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's if she if you're honoring Courtney Love by imitating the album that cover that she created, why should she be upset about that? I don't know. Why are all these women upset about anything? <laughs> John, that's a mystery that nobody will ever figure <laughs> no, out. That's know? what I mean. So yeah. why waste so much time on it? Uh, let's see. Billboard's list of greatest driving songs of all time. Oh, my God, with the driving again. I know. Well, it's a, it's a driving kind of day. Uh, Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen. Mm. Fast Car by Tracy Chapman. Hey, Come on, uh, please. That's not, a dr- that's not a good driving no, song. No, it's not. Maybe driving off a cliff. That makes you want to pull over to the side of the road. Because the next one is I Get Around by the Beach Boys. So, okay, you got Upbeat, Born to Run. You got Upbeat, uh, I Get Around, and then Fast Car. And then not even the very name song called Drive by the Cars. Yeah, that's not included either. You're right. What a stupid list. What a bullcrap list this is. Total garbage. And then there's, uh, let's see, the list of uh, longest-running American TV shows that are still on the air includes General Hospital, Mm. Days of Our Lives, and Sesame Street. Wow. Been on since 1964, Days of Our Lives. Crazy. Wow. And uh, Sesame Street since 1969. It was three years old. Yeah, you said 69. But I I prefaced it with a 19. I don't know what you're talking about. Natural Hollywood Trash and Rock 102. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, whenever I get a haircut, I try not to reveal all of my most intimate secrets to the person cutting my hair. Because, frankly, she's a nice lady and doesn't deserve to be subjected to my bottleless well of nonsense. Uh, This is among uh, the many reasons I have never been asked to appear in HBO's The Shop, Uninterrupted, a series which professional athletes uh, open up in a barbershop, maybe get a haircut, and lay it all out there, just like some people do when they're getting a trim. In the latest episode, former Patriots quarterback Tom Brady is among the guests, along with NBA's Draymond Green and comedian Chelsea Handler. Now, the only reason I bring this up is because during the show, Tom Brady admits, quote, we're coming to the end. I'm coming to the end. You see, folks, Tom Brady will be turning 44 years old this weekend. 44! That's just one year away from his first recommended colonoscopy. And while the colonoscopy is a relatively benign procedure deemed necessary for early detection of polyps, tumors, and other intestinal abnormalities, uh, to me, it should serve as a marker that if you're old enough for a jug full of go lightly, then you're too old for an NFL minicamp. I know there's no medical evidence to prove that. I just... I just, uh, it's just that I want uh, my colonoscopy to, to, to be uh, done well. And I don't even think about practice drills or watching game film after something like that. I also, he also admitted during the show that 90% of what he says is probably not what he's thinking. Neither do the rest of us, Tom. And that's, that includes telling everybody what, what we want to keep working after the retirement age. Listen, I'm sure Tom Brady has a lot to say, and I'm sure Tom Brady needed the haircut, but the man is telling everybody that he wants to play football until the age of 45. Personally, I hope that's among the 90% of the lies that's coming out of his mouth, because in a career loaded with accomplishments, playing professionally until the age of 45 is almost irresponsible. You want to play out the season at 44? Fine, but playing another season 
After that, increases your chances of getting seriously hurt by a substantial margin, and you have a colonoscopy to get ready for, and I frankly think that's more important. But hey, in of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, you can grill chicken, but the big green egg also does pizza and cheesecake and prime rib and everything else you could normally do in an oven. The big green egg from Rocky's, it roasts to smokes with precision with total control up to 750 degrees. Try that on a normal grill. It's your big green egg available right now at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 612 and Tom Petty and Rock 102. Heat advisory until 7 p.m. on Wednesday. Uh, record high temperatures today of maybe 94, tomorrow possibly 95, and uh, right now 73 in downtown Springfield. We're talking to Scott Cohen after uh, 7 o'clock this morning. We also have tickets to the Southwick Nationals at the WIC 338 uh, in Southwick for July 10th. That's coming up a little bit later on this morning, too. Went out to uh, Sunny's yesterday afternoon, uh, hot as it was, to uh, check out the band, and uh, I was kind of surprised to find a uh, an older and unattractive uh, group of people out there. It uh, I realized at that moment I fit right in. I was gonna say, yeah, oh, uh, yeah. who are you to say oh, that somebody is unattractive? One of them. That's exactly who I am. Uh, I saw this over the weekend as well. If, uh, let's say a person goes for a job, obviously, uh, African-American, and they don't get hired because they're African-American, that's discrimination. Say uh, a woman doesn't get hired because she's a woman, that's discrimination. If it were a same-sex couple and uh, it became known that the employer, potential employer, didn't hire them because of them being gay, that's discrimination. But if someone were, say, pockmarked or unattractive or just any number of ways that uh, people might look at them and go, they being fired or not getting the job, there's no legal recourse. We, we live in a society that abhors discrimination on the basis of many traits, yet one of the major forms of discrimination is lookism. Prejudice against the unattractive. Studies show that most people consider an attractive face to have clean, symmetrical features. Mm -hmm. We find it easier to recognize and categorize those prototypical faces than we do the irregular or unattractive faces. Well, the law would say that there are certain protected groups Mm -hmm. that uh, cannot be discriminated against. And you're right. The law does not necessarily mention uh, the attractive to non-attractive uh, chasm Not that, at all. that exists. But if you fire somebody based on a superficial reason, like they're not attractive enough, I mean, that is a form of discrimination. Is this, but it's not protected. It's not protected. But and you'd also be kind of stupid to tell the person that's why you're firing well, them. Well, you'd be stupid to tell any people in any of those groups that they were fired yeah. for those reasons. But if they can at least use those reasons as a basis for a lawsuit, they're likely to win. The ugly person is not. In uh, survey after survey, beautiful people are described as trust- trustworthy, competent, friendly, likable, and intelligent. Ugly people, the complete opposite. Attractives are more likely to be offered interviews, more likely to be hired when interviewed, more likely to be promoted. Yeah, and that's a a shame. Some of the most uh, productive people I have ever worked with are impossibly ugly. And Mm -hmm. 
you know, it's not, uh, that's not just me saying that. I think most people would agree. They're not attractive people, but that does not necessarily mean that they are unproductive and uh, disloyal employees. In fact, they may be among the best employees we got because that's all they have. An unattractive person misses out on nearly a quarter of a million dollars in earnings over a lifetime. I'm missing out on a quarter of a million dollars. Not all at once. Well, no, but I'm already at 61, so I probably have already added up to that much money. Yeah, but you know what? By the way, I heard that Charlotte Nash now works at McDonald's, and she can crank out like 400 hot hamburgers an hour. Will you will you stop? That's how productive she is. You know, uh, for all the times that you have uh, sat here and lamented the fact that you're not. A classically well chiseled, mm-hmm. handsome fella. Mm. Uh, for whatever reason, and I assume it's mostly because you work with a microphone dangled in front of your face, uh, you've had fairly good luck yeah. uh, dating moderately attractive women, women who you would think could do so much better. And oh, yet, yeah. And yet, uh, you know, it's not been a liability for you. It should be. I mean, you no. know, anybody with. With any sense, could see that, but but uh, it is not it is not uh, manifested itself that way. What you don't realize, though, is I have uh, standards. Uh, the women have to be colorblind and have astigmatism. Those are not things you would notice just looking at them. Not, but uh, that's uh, true. But they all had that. Uh, the other see, problem, I would have thought, you know, low self esteem and no standards would have been yeah. more obvious than whether their eyesight was wrong. Oh yeah, but by then I've already hooked them and they're out of the water. Now they're sucking for breath, and I've got them on the boat. <laughs> um, the other problem is, and you know what? Maybe I will start this. There is no national association of ugly people that would lobby Congress to get them included. Who wants to be a part of that group? Look, if if you're not, oh boy, if... if I may have a greater level of self-awareness than most people, okay? But if you're the kind of person who doesn't know you're not classically attractive, right? Uh, then, you know, in, in other words, what I'm saying is I think many, many people do know that. Many people do feel that way, and they might be willing, and they might have felt shortchanged in yeah. one form or another in life, and might be willing to group called the National Association of Ugly People. But you know, there are uh, some people out there that, uh, for and I don't know how they do it. it, it you know, to me, it's uh, it takes them a lot of work and creativity. They may not be born with great looks. Mm. But they do awful well putting themselves together yeah. to the to the point where you may not realize how hideous they may be when they say yep. like wake up in the morning. But by the time they're ready to go out into public, yep. they look fantastic, almost hey. almost striking as as if their flaws <clears throat> are some of their best features. Look at Lovey Monster, right? Uh, she was not in a. She was not a bad looking woman. Actually, Ivana Carlo was one of the most. Beautiful I'm not talking women about the actress. I'm talking about Lovey. Uh, Lovey could dress up pretty good, clean up pretty good. Fred, you know, he could put on. He could put on the suit. He could put on the 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 uh, turtleneck. He still looked kind of shabby. But Lovey, <clears throat> nothing wrong with that. 
No, actually, she was uh, okay, a little uh, pale and pasty, a little she, bit. But again, on to Carlo. Yeah, woo! She didn't man. go out of the house a lot. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I, I think uh, National Association of Ugly People needs to have a lobby. I have no uh, issue uh, with that at all. I mean, uh, you know, strength in numbers, uh, sure, advocacy uh, makes sense, especially since yes, there are some people that may not give an ugly person a fair shake mm-hmm. in the workforce. Mm-hmm. I think that is a shame. I mean, they can be very productive, and you may want to you know close the door or. Uh, have them in a faraway cubicle right. uh, with extra high you know, walls or whatever. Put up that plexiglass like we've had during COVID, only smoke it. Black it out with yeah, spray paint, maybe. Exactly. Uh, and, yeah. and, and under the guise of we're trying to reduce glare. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then let it go. I mean, you know, again, I, I know a lot of hideous disgusting people Mm -hmm. the earnings gap between people perceived as attractive and unattractive rivals or exceeds the earnings gap between whites and blacks and they find the attractiveness curve is especially punishing for black women which is kind of interesting kind of weird and interesting at the same time an american worker among the bottom one seventh in looks earns about 10 to 15 percent less than someone in the top third and as I mentioned, loses out on about a quarter million over a lifetime. Hmm. Well, you Shame. know, it ain't uh, it ain't easy, but I do believe we we deserve a lobby. And uh, if anyone like to join me in uh, creating the National Association of Ugly People, although I think we could come up with a better name than that, something that has a a catchy acronym. And I am not good at creating acronyms. Yeah, well, I don't know whether hmm. you're supposed to. Pick the letters and then match them to words, well, maybe, or pick the words maybe and hope they create an acronym. Maybe that's the uh, the first item on the agenda in your opening meeting. Yeah, well, I got to get at least uh, I'd like a dozen people, eleven other people, uh, to join me. We'll consider that a quorum for now. Yeah, well, you you got to find a place and you got to make sure it's away from public. Oh yeah, no, 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 we don't want to be seen. We do not want to be seen. <laughs> no, you, no, you don't. There's got to be a place you can go where no one knows you're there. Yeah, yeah. Well, probably home. It's six twenty-two with Bax and O'Brien, a Rock one hundred and two. It's six twenty-five with Bax and O'Brien, a Rock one hundred and two. You know, uh, despite marrying into a uh, heating and air conditioning company years ago, uh, heating and air conditioning company family. Um, I, I guess so she I, was. She wasn't doing any install herself. No, right? no, she was office. But uh, I, I find myself needing to be educated a little bit. How is it in the dead of winter when it's twenty degrees outside and the wind is blowing, say, fifteen miles an hour? So you have a wind chill well below zero. When you set your thermostat for say sixty-eight degrees, it becomes sixty-eight degrees. But when it's 89 degrees outside with 60% humidity uh, and you set the air conditioning to 68 degrees, you're lucky if it gets down to that. Last night I had, it was set at 68, it was 74 degrees in the house. How is it harder for the system to cool than to heat? When was the last time you had maintenance on your system? Uh, actually, it's a brand new system. I just had a whole new air conditioning system put in uh, a year and a half ago. 
and I uh, put a new filter in a couple of weeks ago. Hmm. Uh, so, I don't. I can't say I, I know. know enough about it to tell you for for sure. I know that my thermostat doesn't necessarily go right to uh, the number I'm looking for either. I just think it's probably it's probably harder to cool a house than it is to heat a house. I'm assuming it is. Yeah. I, I don't understand why though. Because well, you mean you're opening doors and you know the sun is coming through certain mm. windows or. You know, if like uh, the sun is beating down on the actual thermostat, that may throw off. Yeah, but you know things, what? Yeah, a little bit. I got enough uh, openings in my house that uh, in the winter time you can almost see the breeze. So, you know, the ability to freeze is just as easy as it is to roast. Right. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Yes, it is. Let's laugh. Tell me. Tell me what's funny. It's Bax and O'Brien's joke of the day. Well, it's nice to find a fellow with a keen sense of humor. On Rock 102. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Springfield's classic rock. A seven-year-old is talking to a six-year-old. A seven and a six-year-old. That's right. The seven-year-old says, I just found a condom on the patio. And the six-year-old says, what's a patio? <laughs> In other words, a six-year-old knows what a, know condom what a condom is, is but, but a not a patio. patio. Who's got one of those? <laughs> Booyah! It's 629 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Yeah, thanks, Bax. You know, John, uh, I can't believe you didn't know this about the heating and cooling because it is the second law of ther- thermodynamics. There are many irreversible processes that can be used to heat something. It is the natural flow of things because... Uh, entropy? I don't know. Uh, will increase the in isolated. Well, if you system. don't know how to say it, hey, how hey, can hey, I hey, believe hey, you know hey, it? Hey, hey, I got this from the internet, yeah. and the internet is always right. And it's processes. Whatever. And much of the internal energy uh, of objects can be dissipated as heat. Uh, however, to cool something, you need to perform work in order to decrease the thingy that I said uh, about the subsystem. <laughs> thingy, yeah. Hey, 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 listen, I don't know why yeah. you're not paying attention to all this You stuff. know, actually, a friend right now is texting me uh, about the same topic and also used the word thingy. There you go. Did you did you hose or wash the pollen off the fins of the outdoor fan thingy? Um, I didn't know I was supposed to spray water into that thing. Yeah, I didn't think you were supposed I to spray would, water into that thing. I would, but, but then again, it's uncovered. It gets rained into, so I, I suppose. Uh, and you've had some substantial rain in the area. So yeah, why yeah. should you do uh, all the work? With the thingy. Well, and the, and the thingamabob, too. What yeah. about the doohickey? Have you checked the doohickey? Uh, I bought a yeah. non-doohickey system. I, get, I bought two extra whatchamacallits, and I, they don't even work with my system. Well, you ought to bring them back to where's you get it? I believe it was Home Depot. Uh-uh. Uh, Southwick residents held a protest Saturday against a project they claim will be damaging to their community. No Carvana! No Carvana! No Carvana! And why are we speaking Spanish? This is Southwick, for God's sake. See, if you're going to do a good protest, you would be like, Carvana Unana. <laughs> we don't want no cars in Southwick. Carvana Unana. You're right. I, I That's suppose, exactly what they should do. Yeah, maybe. Opposition to Carvana, which uh, residents describe as a Goliath uh, internet-based car used car dealership, brought out more than a hundred placard-carrying Southwick residents uh, um, over the weekend at town hall. They surround. They sounded out. What you Isn't sounded it? out? No, 
No. Sound it out. They sounded out passing drivers, most of whom seem to share their opposition to having Carvana occupying a large chunk of Southwick acreage on what's now land for agriculture. I don't even know what that means. Uh, somebody from 22. Good Probably the God. new guy. The new intern. Mm. Look at all the stuff I learned in this writing class. You can throw that right away, Billy. We don't need any of that. Yeah, well, you know what? It's not a car dealership. So, I mean, that's what the company is. But that's not what they're looking to build in Southwick. No, but did you see the size of the place that they have down in Alabama? No, but I don't know that they're talking about the size of Alabama here. Well, when we're talking about this last week, you know, it's it's like a lot of these bedroom communities, Southwick, you know, even the town I grew up in, Rehoboth, they don't want new stuff. They don't want stuff that's going to, you know, potentially cause more traffic. What do they want? More corn? Well, they they do have cornfields. I know. uh, In fact, and uh, who could complain about an agricultural business? Well, you know what? I've seen enough corn. It's not really about what you see. It's about the, uh, it's about the, uh, the, the 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 tenor of, of the town. They want mm-hmm. they want to keep it as a rural uh, bedroom community. That's what they want to do. And you know what? If I were a taxpayer down there, I'd probably want the same thing. I wouldn't want some you know, big behemoth company coming in there and you know muscling their way into into my living space, creating jobs and tax revenue. It's yeah, not that. Listen, yeah. that's not what what the that town's all about. Oh, it's a, there's a lot of traffic going to be going through there. You're talking about another major, you know, tractor trailer route going in through there. That's you're gonna, right. You're probably going to have one or two after after the thing gets up and running. You, you know, this is this is like what everybody worried about with MGM, and then it turns out, oh, geez, I guess we wouldn't have to worry about all that. You're going to have maybe one or two car movers coming in on a daily basis. You've already got tractor trailers that go up and down ten and two o two. Another one or two, even five uh, car movers a day is, is not going to destroy the town. That's, oh, yeah. It's easier for you to say that yeah, because you're living in a town exactly. where there's all kinds of industry. If they were thinking about coming to Chicopee, I'd be uh, protesting all over the place. Exactly. Sounding off on drivers. Since it's not in your backyard, yeah. you could yeah. care less. Yep. Three people were arrested uh, Thursday night in Ware after police found drugs, cash, and drug equipment inside of a home. In Ware? According to the... There. Where? According to the Ware Police Department, after an extensive narcotics investigation, officers executed a search warrant around 9.15 p.m. Thursday at a home on Church Street. Inside the home, officers found cocaine, crack cocaine, heroin, prescription drugs, cash, and drug distribution equipment. Police uh, arrested Furman Diaz, Tori Lafrenier, and Kayla Nitzel of Ware. All three were uh, arraigned at Eastern Hampton District Court on Friday. You ever have one of them uh, Kayla Nitzels? I believe that's, uh, no, that was at the Hofbra House. Yeah, they don't serve there anymore. Can I have a Kayla Nitzel, please? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) With or without crack? Yeah, well, it tastes better with the crack. Yeah, of course it does. it does. An accident in Chicopee left at least one person with injuries early Friday night. That crash happened at the intersection of <laughs> Chicopee and Adams Street around 5.30 p.m. When the 22 News crew arrived, they saw two cars with damages. Friday night. Yeah. And they're reporting it Monday morning. That's well, on the front page. Mm. Our, crew, our news crew also saw first responders attending to two people, one of which... 
was put into an ambulance. They have a tendency to do that sometimes. <laughs> now, right, those yeah, we, first responders. We got there, and there was two cars, and they were all banged up, and there was blood and stuff, and there was these guys putting the people on a stretcher and putting an ambulance, and it went, wait, 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 all the way to the hospital. It was crazy. Okay. Now, uh, two cars with damage. Uh, you know, and I'm not an investigator, and clearly the kids at uh, 22 are. That would suggest that these two cars may have hit something, possibly even each other. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Possibly. Or am I, uh, am I way off base? Possibly. Who uh, knows? It could. Uh, it, when, when you see two cars in an intersection and they are, in fact, either touching each other or uh, a, a scance of right. the roadway, then yes, they, they may have hit each other. Uh, I, I, I wish I knew more. I just... Uh, I wish I had more of a, like a like an investigative part of my personality. Yeah, I, know. I, really, I just don't. I hear you. So, I, I, John, I've just found this story that you were uh, showing you. But this yeah. is just a video of it. Let me see if I can find the actual text. Oh, okay. Of the story. I've got the text here. Uh, two people are facing charges of animal cruelty following a report of a dead monkey inside of a car last Wednesday at Soaky Mountain Water Park. This is in Knoxville. When uh, police officers arrived around 4:30 p.m., they discovered two marmoset monkeys. A deceased nine-week-old Kiki and a distressed five-week-old inside the car in the parking lot. Kiki was being cradled by its owner, Nova Bretel, and rigor mortis appeared to have set in according to the arrest warrant. The five-week-old monkey was taken to the Appalachian Animal Hospital in Morristown for treatment and is reported to be very dehydrated, but its condition is improving. Even a monkey in a hot car at a water park? Wouldn't the monkey enjoy the water park? The monkey probably would enjoy the water park if they allowed marmosets in the water park, they're which I doubt they do. They're innocent primates. Well, so am I. The interior of the heat of the vehicle is believed to be the cause of both death and distress uh, to the monkeys. The outside air temperature was about 87 degrees at the time. According to the ASPCA, vehicle interior temperature in the summer can rise from 85 to 120 degrees within 30 minutes. Plus, I got probably have the monkeys in those little you know, hot Carhartt uh, overalls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which are yeah. also very warm. Yeah, I, and sure, diapers. Maybe I'm. I'm sure they were not. Uh, you know, wearing. You know, you're wearing proper clothing. What the, the other? You know, they did a story the other day that talked about how it is legal to smash the window of a car if you were to see a pet or a child in a vehicle in in the summertime or any time actually. Um, but you know, they point out it's really, unless that individual that, whether it's a child or, or a pet appears to be in imminent danger, you really should call nine one one and let the police respond. But if you were to look and, and say the child or the animal were unresponsive, um, you can, you can smash the window. But I don't know how many people would smash a window of a car that had two monkeys in it. Yeah, and do you know how hard it is to smash a car window? Mm-hmm. It's not easy at all. I saw it, there was a video a couple of weeks ago about there was a child inside of a car at like a Walmart or something, and these people were trying to get the kid out because nobody could find the mother anywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had, one guy had a baseball bat he took from his car. They were trying to smash that window, and the thing just kept bouncing off. Uh, I don't know how they eventually broke the window, but it's not easy. Probably it, with it, one of those little 
pins that break windows. Yeah, yeah. But or one of them hammers with the heart with the with a point. It took a long time mm. to to break through that glass. So, you know, even if you did try to save the monkey, you might not get to. Yeah, it but I time. wouldn't. I don't know that I'd want to try and save the monkey. I mean, who knows what ha- what what happens if those. Well, the the one monkey that was still alive. What happens if that thing gets out and and, and attacks me or bites me? And oh, then I got the rabies. That's, uh, I got to worry about. That's not likely to happen. I I know for a fact that a lot of primates uh, show a lot of gratitude. Yeah, you save a monkey's not. life. That monkey is going to be your friend forever. Not after he just watched his nine-week-old friend or sibling die. Even then, I have to believe a monkey can show a little bit of gratitude. Monkeys also have quite a bit of uh, vengeance. Yeah, I, yeah, if they feel like they've been wronged. Yeah, but it, well, if they've been sitting there with their dead nine-week-old brother, they've been wronged. I'm worried about them. Monkeys freak me out. Because right. they're, just, they're just creepy. They're creepy. Well, like, well, first of all, there are hundreds of different breeds of monkeys, Steve. Are you yeah. taking all... A suited, shoed chimpanzee creeps you out. Yes, because of the, the Charlotte Nash thing. <laughs> is, is it the? Is it that the f- monkey was uh, he, he chimpanzee or whatever? He he was a good boy. All right, all the I'm, way up until no, that, that last no. time. Travis Travis was uh, very confrontational. But are you? Uh, is it the flinging that you have a problem with? I have a problem with the. I think just that they're too human like. Well, they we act- evolved from them. Yeah, Steve. well, we have. Yes. Apparently, <laughs> some of us have not evolved well, yet. Well, I haven't. Uh, I still uh, yeah. pick things and throw them at other people, but mm. uh, it, they're just—they're creepy. It's well, just a creepy situation. <clears throat> As someone who saw all five of the original Planet of the Apes movies, I—I I know that they have as mo- uh, as many emotions as we do. Gratitude is one of them, uh, an ability and vengeance. To- well, yes, but they were enslaved, and of course, uh, those were Travis wasn't. Travis was just a pet, a well-loved pet. Was he? We don't know what kind of conditions he was living in. Supposedly, uh, they were very fine, almost uh, the kind we wish we lived in. She slept with that monkey. Uh, that monkey slept. I don't and, know if I want to know about that. Okay, not in the way that you think. Uh, the they, monkey, took, they, they napped together. They, they uh, full night sleep together. She, she said he. What would was only his number? Be, I believe it was a forty-five, <laughs> which is just like mine. <laughs> Can you afford night sleep? Those, those, uh, those sleep monkey beds are uh, very yeah, yeah, expensive. Yeah. Uh, but can you really afford another <laughs> restless night's sleep? I don't. Think with a so. with a monkey next year? That's right. Of course not. But uh, yeah, but she they, they did everything together, yeah. and this thing would walk around in the streets of what is it West? Where do they live? Westport or uh, I don't remember. It anymore. was Southern Connecticut yeah. somewhere. Yeah, and, and she would walk around with this monkey. They had a couple of incidents over the years where the monkey like stopped traffic because he wouldn't move out of the middle of the road. But would they, he be like out in the middle of the intersection with both arms out? Yeah, you know, I just read this article <laughs> like maybe six months ago, and it was about this whole thing. Yeah, about- Travis had a lot of a, a big chip on his shoulder. Yeah, and then yeah. you know this thing with Charlotte Nash happens, and you know that's the end of Travis. Travis mm-hmm. has got to go away. Some sort of monkey protection program or something. Yeah, Travis was killed. He was killed on the scene mm-hmm. or nearby the scene, anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, those things are creepy. I don't know why anybody would – I don't know. A uh, 
new study at the University of Pittsburgh found sales of Viagra and other erectile dysfunction drugs skyrocketed uh, last year. There was a dip in sales early on in March and April, but then they shot way up after that. The senior authority of the study says the stats they saw suggest that people were having more spontaneous sex with their partners than ever before and added that men wanted to, quote, always be ready. During the pandemic. Or maybe they were just stocking up for after the pandemic. Mm, I suppose, I but. Like be stuck in a house with you. I know, yeah, but then after a couple of months, you're finally like, all right, look, who knows when this thing is going to end. Clearly, we're not going to wake up one day and it's going to be gone just like a miracle, despite what we're being told. So why don't we just, you know, you know. Just go for it. Yeah. Well, horning extras is not such a bad idea either. No. You know, you, no. Got, you, know, you have some ready to go at all time and maybe have like a Batman utility belt, uh, Cialis here, Viagra here. Oh, just uh, leave them on a, a candy dish on the on the coffee table? You could do that, too. Uh, last Tuesday, a driver in Maine was pulled over for speeding, and they were really flooring it. They were in a 45-mile-per-hour zone, and they were clocked at doing 110 miles per hour. When the uh, officer caught up with them, the driver said he was driving so fast because a female passenger desperately had to pee. They were pulled over in the parking lot of a Circle K convenience store, and while the driver was being arrested, the woman ran inside to find the bathroom. So apparently she wasn't lying about that, but that still doesn't give you an excuse to go 110 miles an hour. I don't know how you even keep control of a car at 110 miles an hour in a 45-mile-an-hour zone. With a woman telling you she's got to do her business. Yeah. Well, you go! I gotta go! Well, go on the side of the highway. I can't do that. There's too many cars here. He's not on a highway, though. That's a 45-mile-an-hour zone. He's, he's he's on the side streets. Well, it may not be a like a like a freeway, but you know, like a... Route 44 in some cases is 45 miles an hour. 44 is 45? It can be. What about 45? What is that? 46. Okay, but what about 53? Oh, you don't even want to know. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today, it is going to be hot, like uncomfortably hot. Uh, sunny with a high of 95, but the humidity is going to make it feel much worse than that. More of the same for tomorrow. It is 73 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Modern manufacturing. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 652. And Foreigner on Rock 102. Ain't nothing going to be cold as ice today, including ice. Uh, we have a heat advisory in effect till about seven o'clock Wednesday. Talking about a high today of ninety-five, but it will feel warmer than that. Ninety-four, rather, and then tomorrow ninety-five. Uh, Scott Cohen coming up in uh, just a few minutes. He'll uh, be be on the phone this time, not to, not here in person. It's probably so. just as well. Probably just as well. So, uh, so Friday I was not here. Uh, none of us were here. It was uh, because you know the show can't operate without me. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, I'm so surprised it, the building even does. It barely does. Mm. I am the straw that stirs the drink. Mm. I am the epoxy that holds this whole building together. Sure. Nevertheless, the reason uh, I was not able to uh, to do the show on Friday is uh, I had to attend the funeral of my cousin who died last week. This is a guy who is. Uh, a very, very important uh, figure in my family. He's not only a, a cousin, uh, he's my mother's best friend. Uh, he is uh, just a remarkably special guy who, uh, after years of being sick, um, died last week at Beth Israel in Boston after a long, long stretch of of illness. So it was a very, very difficult uh, funeral. I posted about it. 
on Facebook. A lot of people, you know, sent me their condolences and and uh, and and private messages, and I appreciate all that a lot. But something happened at the funeral, which I just thought was amazing, just absolutely incredible. Um, the The funeral was at St. Carmel Church in Seekonk, Mass. And uh, so in Seekonk is the next town over from Rehoboth, where I grew up. Now, I have three cousins, other cousins in the family. They're all cops in Rehoboth, ah. three of them. So I get there, I get there a little bit early. And uh, there's a guy standing outside the church. He's all dressed up in uh, in like like almost like it almost looked like a at first I thought it was like a state cop mm-hmm. thinking hmm okay that's that's kind of cool and uh, I assumed this was somebody that was there because you know uh, you know <laughs> three very close cousins to my cousin Ray were all cops and they you know out of you know respect to those guys they uh, they sent the state cop out. But as I'm walking towards the church, this this guy in the uniform comes up to me and says, Bax, I'm very sorry for your family's loss. What the deuce? Right? And I'm thinking, how do I know this guy? Okay, do did I go to high school with him? Did I you know, did he grow up in uh, in Rehoboth? Have I they have, been tailing me for weeks? I have no idea. But then I see the patch on his arm. And he was from the Hamden County Honor Guard. Ah, this was a guy that was sent by Nick Kochi, hmm. the uh, the sheriff of Hamden County. One guy or just, the color guard? Just one guy. Oh, because I mean they do. I mean they do. They do funerals all the time, mm-hmm. and you know this is ninety miles, hundred miles away from yeah. from the closest parts of uh, of Hamden County, and certainly uh, that far away from Ludlow. And uh, the guy and the guys, I said, "Oh my God, you're you're Hamden County." He said, "Yeah, uh, Nick sent me out here, and he wanted to let you know that uh, you know he offers his condolences to you and your family." And I'm like, "Wow, that was freaking awesome!" And I just thought, you know what, uh, that was probably an unnecessary gesture. Um, but very, very much appreciated by my family and deeply appreciated by me. And I immediately texted uh, the sheriff and thanked him for that. Um, and you know, he he wrote some very, very nice things that uh, you know, I'll just I'll just leave between myself and uh, and the sheriff. But that was a a real classy uh, you, you know. Uh, thing to do and 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 I wanted to publicly thank the sheriff for doing that because it was totally unexpected and I think my cousin Ray would have been very impressed that that happened. Yeah. So, so on on behalf of my entire family uh to Nick Kochi, thank you very very much for um a really beautiful gesture. We we very much appreciated it. You have his personal number? No, I texted him through uh, through Facebook. We're oh, face, we're oh, Facebook oh again, friends. Facebook. Yeah, yeah, but he responded with like within seconds. Wow. So I mean, yeah, it, it was probably easier to do it that way than mm. you know scroll around for my contacts looking to find Nick Coachy's. Actually, since it turns out, I think I do have his number. Oh, but, really? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I think I know now who my friends are. 
Well, actually, I, I, don't, I don't. Well, I, I actually I really never have. Actually, told yeah. another friend of mine. It's a former CEO at the jail. I said, "Hey, you'll never guess what Nick just did." And he said, "He said, and I bet you thought that John O'Brien was his favorite." So, uh, see, there you, go. Yeah. there you go. But it's not about favorites. It's just it's just about a very classy move from you know one of our what one of our better politicians. And I'm and I'm hesitant to even call him a politician. Oh, he's, he's a, a politician, all no, right. Nick Kochi is a good man, and uh, that was really very moving. So thank you. I understand. I've never seen it before, but I understand you can be both. A politician and a really good man. I I'm not even sure most politicians are actual human beings, yeah, but know. but yeah. in Nick Kochi's case, uh, he is uh, he is that and more. So thank you, Nick. It's uh, 7:58 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. Jeez. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Well, that didn't take very long. Yesterday was the first ejection of a major league pitcher for violating the league's new anti-foreign substance rules. And the best part is it wasn't against any of our guys. Instead, the honor went to Hector Santiago of the Seattle Mariners, who was booted during the fifth inning of the opener of a doubleheader against the Chicago White Sox, booted for allegedly using a substance that, according to the new rule adjustments, is an egregious violation of the anti-substance policy. In this case, Hector Santiago insists that he, the only substance that he used was the fully approved use of a rosin bag, which he used because of the high humidity. Certainly didn't want to pitch sweaty soaked balls because those things can become unpredictable. And so he used the easily accessible and fully legal rosin bag. And yet he was pulled from the game because apparently you're not supposed to use the rosin bag on your glove hand. Apparently when you do, a chemical reaction occurs in which the sweat from the glove causes umpires to rationalize stupid decisions. Hence, Hector Santiago was booted from the game for marginally following the rules as they were set by Major League Baseball. Though, as you know, the punishment for violating these new rules is a 10-day suspension where a pitcher would likely miss two starts, however, still receive his weekly pay. Now, in my mind, that's not really a punishment. That's a vacation. Granted, nobody wants a stigma of greasy balls, but who couldn't use two weeks off with a paycheck? Listen, if rubbing something on myself or in some of the Rock 102 equipment here would result in a more paid vacation time, I would have done it by now. In fact, I'd be doing it right now. Unfortunately, the only thing we have around this place is non-dairy cream or an extra hand sanitizer. And for the moment, neither one of those things are banned substances. At least not yet. But using those things on your baseballs is no more ridiculous than getting the boot for double-fisting the rosin bag, and yet that's exactly what happened yesterday in Chicago. But hey, and if I'm my yapping sports brought to you by Rockies Ace Hardware, how long those steaks gonna take? On a Weber gas grill? Not very long. Rockies, you got grilling flames in minutes, and how long they're gonna take? It all depends on how hot you wanna get it, because it'll get very hot on a Weber grill, and they're already done by now. Get a Weber grill at your neighborhood Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back, that's my view from the couch. It's 7 Eleven. But back to O'Brien at Rock 102. There is a heat advisory in effect till 7 o'clock Wednesday night. Today, we're looking at the possibility of record high temperature of 94. Tomorrow, maybe 95. It's already 75 degrees in downtown Springfield. Uh, let's see here. Scott Cohen brought to you by Mo Shield Mosquito and Tick Control in Westfield. Protect your yard and family all summer long with Mo Shield, the safe and affordable way to keep mosquitoes and ticks away. Good morning, Scotty. How are you? Morning, guys. How are we doing? All right. 
The second longest sudden death in PGA Tour history since 1949 happened right down there in Connecticut yesterday, huh? Yeah, it did, man. And you know, um, so yeah. Bottom line, Harris English won the um, won the Travelers. Um, you know, in in a marathon playoff, he beat a guy named Kramer Hickok. Never heard of either um, one of them. And uh, I've heard it. Harris English is um, <laughs> has contended in the U.S. Open before. He's He's been around. I, I recognize his name. The other guy I, I would never have been able to pick out of a lineup. But Yeah. yeah. But, you know, the, the, so I, I, was, I was watching it yesterday, and you could almost tell that, that something crazy was going to happen because there, there, were, there were like 12 guys. And, you know, when you say you didn't recognize that fellow's name, John, you recognize all 12 of the players, and, you, and they were just all bunched up. So I'm not surprised that that it, it went to sudden death, but man, what a marathon. That was crazy. Eight, eight, eight holes. Eight holes. Yeah. That's, I mean, listen, eight after, holes. after a long day of 18 holes playing the most intense you know, uh, of your, of your, your whole week in and, that and, heat, right. in that heat to play an extra eight. At what point do you say, you know what? I don't, I don't want to win that badly. You can, you can have it. <laughs> I got to play in the catch. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think, I think like, like yeah, three, exactly. three holes. I'm going to like, you know what? I, I think I'm just going to go and go to the clubhouse, yeah. take a shower. Yeah. I mean, there's no question about it. Me. I mean, you know, I play a lot of golf and, you know, my, I actually, my friends, uh, we, we joke that, um, we, we need to find a 12 hole golf course. Because like after twelve holes <laughs> yep. of playing, even riding around in a cart on a on a day like yesterday, you're like, let's just go to the right to the nineteenth hole and have a drink. Even on a seventy five degree, really. Even on a seventy five degree huh? day, I'm good after 13, 14, 15 holes tops. Tops, John. Yeah. I mean, yeah. seriously, tops. Mm-hmm. But um, but I mean, I think I think that's um, it really is a testament to, you know, what those guys go through out there. Because um, you know, even though you know it can be a physical game when you're playing in heat like that, you know the game is um, it's it's entirely a mental game, and you know to um, you know that that to me is uh, is what you know you, we can focus on with this guy Harris English to be able to to keep it together that long uh, in that kind of weather with that kind of pressure. I mean, it's just it, it was it's incredible what he did. There's a uh, there's a whole bunch of uh, stories this morning about this uh, show on HBO, The Shop Interrupted, and basically yep. what it is, yep. it's a sh- it's a show, kind of set in a barber shop where professional athletes yep. and comedians get together and and open up. And this week, Tom Brady is one of the guests. Now, the 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 yep. thing about this particular appearance is, it's really like the first time that you hear Tom Brady talking about. We're coming to the end of this career, and he's going to turn 44 this weekend. So, you know, he wants to play until 45, and now he's starting to say, okay, you know what, I'm starting to see this kind of wind down. At, at 44, if, uh, you, to me, if uh, your doctor is going to recommend that within 12 months you're going to get your first colonoscopy, it's time to stop going to mini camps and watching game film and suiting up and and all that other stuff. To me, it's like okay, that's it. It's it's time to drink the go lightly and walk off into the sunset. Yeah, I so if you um, you know, I think Baxi, I'm glad you brought up this TV show. I think there's a lot of people who don't know um, you know that it exists. It's on HBO. 
and um and it really is an opportunity to, to you know to see athletes and and people you know in you know speak in a different light but uh, but about tom brady i mean you know listen 44 years old he's 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 done everything obviously he's made just you know gobs of money and his wife makes more money than he does you know i mean really when when do you there, there's got to come a time where he sits there and says that he just wants to you know, um, to enjoy the rest of his life. And he's, um, and know, he's been lucky enough to go 20 years with a, a single serious injury. You know, maybe, maybe there have been other minor ones and he's probably a little banged up, but yeah, if you, if you just went to another team after 20 years with one and you won the Super Bowl, that's it. Just walk away. That's it, John. Right. Um, but, and yeah, just, just walk away. And the only injury he ever had, remember that one year he hurt his knee and he was out. But, but other than that, and like you said, I'm sure there have been concussions and things like that that we, you know, that we don't know about, Mm -hmm. but he's been, he's been relatively healthy. Um, and the thing about it is it's like, you know, uh, eventually, you know, everything you, it's got to come to an end sometime. Well, and I just think that, and, and think about, think of, again, we talk about the mental part of the game. Think about the mental and the physical and being away from your family. When is, you know, enough enough? But with him, it, it apparently is right around the corner. Well, the, the thing that, that kind of perplexes me, and I know we've talked about Tom Brady and about his retirement forever, but you know, here's the thing that I just don't get. Um, what are you going to remember Tom Brady for? The fact he played till 45 or the fact he won six Super Bowl champions uh, championships. To me, it's the championships and all the yep. years that you know he amassed one record after another and walks away from the game as the greatest that ever played. To me, that should be a whole lot more significant than whether you played to the age of forty-four or forty-three or forty-five. The the day you walk off at whatever age it is, that's not the thing that people are going to remember. It's what you did when you played at your prime that people are going to recall. I think, I think you're probably right, Bax, but, but then again, too, I mean, the, you know, the longevity that this guy has been able to, you know, to, to muster and put together is just, you know, athletes, athletes don't do that. So, um, you know, I, and I, and I think obviously the, the longevity goes hand in hand with winning the Super Bowls because, if he didn't take care of himself, if he wasn't this, you know, this physical uh, genius per se, you know, he would not have he would not have even been around to win uh, the Super Bowl that he won uh, the last time. So I think it, you know, I I think it goes hand in hand. But um, but you know, at the end of the day, Tom Brady is a football player. That's what he does. And I'm you know I'm going to be curious to see. Is I mean, is he going to get into politics? Is he going to get into television? Is he, you know, going to go to Hollywood? What's he going to do? I got to believe that Giselle Bunchen is just absolutely impossible to live with, and uh, and that's why he just does not want to be home. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine rolling over and looking at that every day? Hey, those looks are not going to last forever. <laughs> they have so far. Yeah, well, it doesn't even matter how good looking she is if you can't stand there when she says a word right. or, or you know opens her eyes then uh, you're going to want to keep working hey listen i think if we had the same conversation with her that we're that we're talking about her she would probably say no tom please don't retire keep playing football <laughs> yeah. i can't stand you being around <laughs> exactly 
Hey, uh, the uh, the Portland Trailblazers hire Chauncey Billups as their head coach. He gets a five-year deal. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is because there was a part of me that want to see the Celtics hire Chauncey Billups because that's a guy I know, and his name is pretty easy to pronounce. As oh, opposed God, to I- can't Ime Udoka, it's like I'm. you know in the next couple of years how many of us are going to butcher the hell out of that, that, that poor guy's name. Yeah, buddy. Having doing this, you know, doing this uh, not full time for a living anymore, but just you know, even with you guys, can't I? I hate when they hire and, and trade for players whose names you can't pronounce. It's like you know, get, 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 I think we're just going to refer to him as Coach. Yeah, How about we it. do that? That'll be easy. That's good I, enough. But he's got. Listen, he's got a great. Uh, the one, the one, the guy we got to's got a great resume, and like you said, we don't never. You know. Unless you're a real basketball fan, you had no idea who this guy was. But he's got a, a great pedigree. Um, he's coached under under in great programs and under great head coaches. I I think he's he's going to do a great job. And actually, you may uh, coached uh, Tatum, Brown, and uh, Marcus Smart at the uh, for Team USA in the World Cup in 2019. So the guys on the team know him and love him. So you know maybe they do. Uh-huh. for for a team that's really struggling to have some you know cohesive. Uh, you know, I mean, everyone kind of agrees that you know, you know, Brad Stevens knows what he's doing as far as basketball, but he's not that great as far as trying to build, you know, uh, camaraderie and a and a, a, a team atmosphere the way they were hoping, say, like a you know, maybe a Doc Rivers did. But Ime Udoka apparently right. is that kind of guy. Yeah, and that I think that experience at the at the World Championships was was one of the big reasons that they uh, that they did hire him. And you know, not we're not, we're not going to take anything away from Brad Stevens, like you just said, Bax. I mean, he he obviously knows what he's doing and has a great basketball mind. But you know, we you read things that he kind of lost the locker room and whatever he was you know trying to get across to the players. They you know they just weren't listening anymore. So um, they they had they had to make the move. And apparently, this guy you know knows what he's doing. All right, all right, and, well, and also uh, the Red Sox sweep the Yankees. That's uh, that's another big thing too. The Red Sox sweep the Yankees. They're doing great, and the Stanley Cup Finals start tonight, Montreal and Tampa Bay. So we'll have uh, we'll have we'll have plenty to talk about next week. Very good. All right, Scotty, we'll talk to you next week. All right, gentlemen, have a great Monday. All right, Scott Cohen, brought to you by uh, Mo Shield Mosquito Tick Control in Westfield at seven twenty two on Rock one hundred two. It's 725 of Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. Rock 102 presents the Classic Rock Summer, brought to you by Leah Toyota Wilmerham, now through Labor Day weekend. You listen to Rock 102 all summer long for details on how to grab your share of the Summer Snatch of prizes. We're giving away a $25 gift card to the Hangar Pub and Grill every weekday through Labor Day. And if you want to win, you just go to rock102.com and then listen to Pat Kelly every weekday afternoon. It's the Classic Rock Summer Brought to you by Leah Toad of Wilbraham, only on Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. You know, uh, I remember a time when uh, people would say that they were afraid to walk in downtown Springfield or afraid to be in downtown Springfield. I got to tell you, uh, the way it's turning out, particularly as a huge fan of outdoor dining, um, granted, it's irritating as hell to listen to these dirt bags on their dirt bikes going up and down Main Street. No question that's an irritant. But to go to somewhere like, uh, whether it's Theodore's or uh, the Fort, I went out Saturday night and I uh, was looking specifically to go to the new White Lion Brewery. And the funny thing is, is I'm coming 
excuse me, so I'm coming down Bridge Street, you know, between Main and Columbus Avenue. Right. And I, I, I know where it is. I don't remember Spaghetti Freddy's. Um, I maybe remember it once, ever. <laughs> uh, and I think we had dinner there. We had dinner there, I think it was when I first came to town yeah. with like a large group of people. Right, right. But other than, other than sitting at the table, I don't remember the entrance to the building. I don't remember what it looked like sitting there. So I'm, I, I come down uh, onto Bridge Street, and it turns out there's a par- I'm on the bike. There's a parking spot right there. It has, and I love these, the open front of the building. Yeah. It's all open out onto the sidewalk. Open air. It's like eating outside, only you're still under the roof. And uh, it was packed when I went in there on Saturday night, probably about 7 o'clock or so. And, you know, clearly plenty of people willing to come into downtown Springfield now um, I got a, I got a tour of the brewery and, uh, just, you know, hung out there for about an hour or so and, uh, really, really nice place. You remember when we used to go to a uh, Montreal years ago, mm-hmm. Montreal kind of had the same type of stuff. A lot of open air restaurants where they, where like the, the front window was kind of like almost like a garage door and yep. they just lifted it up and right. it was wide open for a, lot a week. Of- well, no, during the summertime, you know, they would do a lot of this stuff and a lot of outdoor cafes, a lot of uh, you just outdoor dining, just people out mm-hmm. because, you know, winter is so brutal there. Anytime it's uh, above 55 degrees, coats come off and yep. everybody wants to be outside. And I remember thinking, man, wouldn't that be cool if if Springfield had that same kind of feel? Yeah. But, you know, when you go to certain places, whether you know it's on the sidewalks or you know, what you're talking about, a white lion, and, and uh, even the old Naismiths has got, you know, that same kind of window. They they can open that up. Uh, you know, to me, it's like, that's really cool. And you, I think if you, I've said this before, if you give people, you know, a good experience, whether it's dining or, or in a bar or whatever it is, and people feel safe doing it, they will go back, yeah. and and that's and that's the best part about it. There are plenty of people say, "Oh, I don't want to go downtown." Well, those are the people that never go downtown. And and I was kind of it was nice to see this. I mean, I thought you know, there's a lot of people who think, well, the only people who are going to go downtown are the people who work downtown. It's going to be Monday through Friday. This was a Saturday night. This was a Saturday night in a brand new place, and, and the place was packed. Now I realize these days you can do that with twitter and facebook and that kind of thing but you still got to get people into downtown springfield on a weekend night and uh, and they were there it was a really really cool place well, hopefully with the with the summertime and uh, with, a, with a place like white lion which you know a lot of people you know when you think about all them people who go to white lion wednesdays and and even the other nights where you know you know, ray was out there with with the beer and you know bands and everything, when you think about how many people were going down there for those events mm-hmm. and put them in a bar, yeah, it's a lot of people. Yeah. And and you know what? Good for him for doing it because I think he's done a, a marvelous job, you know, uh, you know, promoting his brand and keeping it, uh, you know, in people's minds. He's done a very very good job and dealing with the pandemic. Yeah, and then uh, simultaneously dealing with all the delays of getting this mm-hmm. thing up and going. Is, uh, it's pretty remarkable. It's 7.30. We have news next to Rock 102. 7.32 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Yankee Home Improvement. 
this month receive 60% off installation with no money down, no payments, and no interest for a full year. Visit YankeeHomeImprovement.com and use the keyword BACKS. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Oh, it's going to be a scorcher out there today. That's right. Hot air. So hot in here. Residents are being advised to limit outdoor activity today on the second day of the second heat wave of summer of 2021. The National Weather Service has issued a heat advisory for the entire region. Temperatures are expected in the 90s with heat and humidity, which will make it feel as though it's close to 100 or above 100. The city of Northampton has cooling centers on Con Street at the Senior Center from 830 to 4.30. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, they also, um, they're talking about out in the Pacific Northwest, they're having some of the hottest weather they've ever had uh, out there. And, and I thought I saw that, um, I know they were showing the mall hours on 22 News earlier, and I don't know if they're shortening them or lengthening them because I know there are some places where stores are closing because of the heat. So I'm not exactly sure what that is. And I also saw a sign on the way in this morning that said Converse Street in Longmeadow, as of today, is closed from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m., which would seemingly indicate a DPW project. Working out there in this weather? Ugh. Ugh. Hey, man. I was in uh, Las Vegas last week. Uh And, you know, we're taking a cab and we're up the, you know, the major highway there. I think it's I-15 or something. They're out paving in like 115 degree heat. How are these guys not passing out left and right from here? Because they're used to it out there. I don't know how you'd be able to get used to something like that. They probably that. move them in, in and out, you know, 15, 20-minute shifts, and then, uh, you know, go mm. sit in a, in a cold. They probably have a, a vehicle that they've got uh, all cooled down. You know, they, they claim that uh, in Las Vegas and Arizona, it's it's a it's a dry heat. Yeah. <laughs> but if that yeah. means you're, if you're reduced to a pile of pixie stick dust with a hat on it you know that's uh no matter whether it's dry heat yeah. or not dry for who because i was sweating my boys off uh you know walking around yeah 115 it was 117 the one day that yeah. was they were going through like a heat wave and uh whenever somebody says dry no, heat no i think they were going through july well no because <laughs> i, I know rather. but i say you know i was out there in august uh, a couple of years ago and it was that hot, but mm-hmm. that's the normal temperature that time of year. This was odd. It was yeah. only supposed to be like in the upper 90s. Mm. But, you know, again, uh, I'm sure that there's a certain amount of uh, being used to it out there. I did see it rain out there, which was the oddest thing. Like, you just don't feel like it's ever going to rain out there. Mm. And then all of a sudden, for about 40 minutes on Thursday, it poured. Yeah. And know? then after that, the humidity goes that's, up about 20%. Uh-huh. Yep. You know, the, the weird thing about it is, you know, in Las Vegas, so, you know, you have the Strip, you have the downtown area, you got all these, you know, hotels and casinos with, with uh, amazing, you know, uh, AC units. I mean, it's very comfortable to be inside the building. But then when you get off the Strip and you're driving, like, to, to like, someplace else and you see all these, you know, these very, very poor neighborhoods where nobody's got anything more than like a box fan shoved in the window. You just go, how do these people live like that? That was, that was one of the things uh, I have it here somewhere that I was reading the other day, which was kind of interesting. Globally, less than a third of households own air conditioning. 
And uh, even in, in countries like the U.S., almost 90% of homes have some kind of AC. But out there in, uh, in the Pacific Northwest, Seattle, Portland, they, most of those people don't have air conditioning because they just, you know, it's, it's a cooler climate out there. This is a very unusual heat wave right now. I'm sure they're wishing they had it. But, uh, but you also many have, of them don't bother. But you also have to measure, okay, is this even a worthy investment if I'm only going to be using it once every 10 years? Yeah, yeah. I know. But, you know, my, my parents didn't have air conditioning in the house. They didn't have a car that had air conditioning. I mean, every single day during the summertime, you know, you're sleeping in a puddle of your own slop. You know, and it's just, mm. it's just the grossest feeling. And then uh, at some point in your life, you say, you know, if success for me means... Uh, air conditioning, whether it's a, a unit I put on my window or central <laughs> air, I don't care. I just need some sort of air conditioning because I'll be damned if I want to take steps backwards. You said unit. They said uh, unit. They, they did say back in the 50s, they put a fleet of 50 air conditioned taxis on the streets of New York City and, and people would hail a cab and, uh, you know, and the driver would be like, where to? And, and the person would be like, I don't care. Just drive. I just want to sit here in the air conditioning and enjoy this for 20, 25 minutes. Imagine that. Yeah, I, I can totally imagine, imagine that. that. Yeah. What I, would, what I wouldn't have done at the age of uh, 2 to 17 for, a, uh, for some air conditioning. I mean, I mean in, in a way, if, if I had my wits about me, I would have called family services and say, take me out of this and put me in a well-conditioned foster family home. Yeah, and then they probably would have, first you would have been in the state facility, which you'd be lucky if that had air conditioning. How's the air conditioning? That's what I just said. You'd be lucky if that had air conditioning. That would be the very first question I ask. Uh, you know, but the, the air conditioning, the, like you can't have the air conditioning in the schools because most schools aren't going to invest in that type of uh, infrastructure because you're well, again you're only doing hot months for some months of the year right but th- well, this not year retroactively no but this year you couldn't even blow fans through the hallway because yeah. of the covid guidelines yeah. so that's why they were closing schools or closing them early you know throughout that week that last week i'd like to think though now if they build a school they build it with air conditioning you'd like to think that but i bet you that's like an option like a car these, oh, these you new- want to upgrade to ac well, a lot of the new ones do have it, but hmm. I can see a city and town you're know, getting the grant money to build and say, hey, let's cut corners and not include it. Are you ready to be blown away? Yes. The town of Gill is getting a new dump truck. Yeah, baby. Why did the last one drop its drive shaft on 91 well it was from 1936 so yeah it uh, finally had its last leg gill uh, annual town meeting voters this weekend overwhelmingly approved purchasing the new truck which will be the focus of a july 12th debt exclusion vote residents approved all town meeting warrant articles including the an appropriation to to pay for a series of floor and tile repairs at the elementary school as well. Now, what do people in Montague say? How come Gill gets all the good stuff and yeah. we're stuck with nothing? Living it up over in that town of Gill. Yeah. They were using a dump truck from 1936? No, I have no oh, idea. Oh, I'm just okay. making, right. making that yeah. up. Uh, but it was probably outdated. Probably needed yeah. to, some new repairs. or Didn't have air conditioning. No, but it's nice to get a family uh, truck every once in a while, you know? Oh, this uh, is a dump truck. Yeah, I know. Hey, kids, we got a new dump truck. Yay, Dad. Uh, let's take us all out for us ice cream. 
All right, hop in the back, everybody. They did a they did a story on the news last night of uh, the new Ford F one fifty electric truck, and um, it's pretty it's pretty cool. I mean, they were saying it's more powerful than the gas powered mm-hmm. one, and it has a frunk. A what? A frunk. It's a front trunk because you lift the hood up. There's no engine there. It's just maybe a, a battery or something. And uh, even the woman from uh, Ford said, yeah, it's frunking great. Listen, oh, hey, yeah. if you're in the market for a trunk, be a man. Get a truck that's going to blow a hole through the ozone like every other truck owner in America. That's that's what owning a truck is really all about. Electric trucks. You well, make me laugh. You know, yeah. That's all fine and dandy, but how long does the charge last? And yeah, all that 300 stuff? miles, and you have to charge it overnight. <sighs> God. But I mean, this is the first one. You know, five years from now, they'll be going uh, nine hundred miles, and it'll take you twenty minutes to charge the thing. You know, I gotta ask. Um, I gotta ask Barry what his uh, electric car gets. Like how long it's got to be before it he- gets a lot of laughs. Well, it gets. You know what? <laughs> I I, uh, I know you like to make fun of people who drive vehicles uh, that are not uh, common, yeah. but you got to think about practicality, oh, especially know. you being, the, you're very frugal. I, I am aware of the frugality. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, people make fun of me because I drive that minivan around. But let me mm-hmm. tell you something. If I need to go to a gig, it's easy loading in and loading out the equipment. Yep. And if I need to go on a road trip, the kids are comfortable in the back of a car and I don't have to worry about them hitting each other from uh, next, sitting next to each other in the back seat. First time I saw uh, Barry's car, probably about a month ago. And uh, the, the place where you charge it, the spot on the car where you charge it is kind of like a place where you would put a gas nozzle. It's, it's round, but it has an illuminated ring around it. A continually illuminated ring. Right. And I was like, uh, oh, yeah, he's at the back of the car, and I'm on the side. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll try to check this out. And I press it, and it opens. And what happens is is that the ring stays attached at, at its attachment point, but it, like, you know, swings up and down. And I, uh, and I couldn't get it closed. And I'm like, uh, hey, by the way, uh, as we're, we're walking away from the car, because Barry was getting uh, chairs out of the back, and as we're walking away, I go, oh, by the way, Barry, I, uh, I think I broke that thing right there. <laughs> Did you break it? No. No, I didn't. So what kind of electric car is Barry? Uh, I, I don't even, I'm not, I don't even know what it was. I'm not sure. Small little thing. Like a smart car type of small? Uh, not quite that small. You know what it looks like? It looks like an old Geo Prism. Yeah, uh, with, only not as roomy with an electrical outlet on the outside. Of it. Mm-hmm. It's it was fairly roomy. Him him and I, uh, we you know we go on our lunch road trips every once in a while. Mm. Uh, That's what you call them. Yeah, and I ride uh, I ride bitch if you will mm-hmm. uh, in the smart car. Well, you wouldn't expect Barry to ride bitch. He would not. No, I actually asked him to come in my truck, and he said no. He wanted to take the smart car, so we took the smart car. But uh, very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I. Think maybe you should get one. Nah. See, if, if I'm if I'm going to go buy myself a truck, I want something that's going to blow out a lot of exhaust. It's burning a big hole in the ozone, and it's, and it's uh, damaging uh, the ecology. That's the kind of truck I want to have. Something that's really loud too. We got uh, Mike Quincy will be on the show tomorrow. We can talk to him about this yeah. electric truck because he he, he's not a big fan of those things, though, is he? Nah, he's not a big fan of cars. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Apparently, the sarcasm went right past both of you. 
A 45-year-old uh, woman in New Zealand named Mary McCarthy got tested for COVID back in October, but doctors ended up finding something else, a tiddlywink that had been stuck up her nose for 37 years. It wasn't in her breast? No, it was a nasal test, and the swab dislodged it, but it didn't come out at first. Her nose hurt for months after the test and wouldn't stop running. Then she got an infection, but doctors thought it was just problems with her sinuses. She finally went to the ER this past Wednesday when the pain got worse. So they asked if she shoved something up there. She said no. Uh, not since she was eight. Turns out that as a kid, she liked to shove tiddlywinks in each nostril and blow them out to see how far they'd fly. That's <laughs> kind of fun. And one time, she inhaled one but never told her parents. She just pretended it didn't happen and moved on. And it, how old is she now? She is 45. Hmm. And it really hasn't bothered her since? No. Well, and never sneezed it out, never blew it out? Guess not. Well, you see those people, like the guy had the pee growing in his lung from when he inhaled it when he was 11 and he was 70 years old, and then they do the thing on his lung, and the thing is growing inside of his lung. It's got vines on it. It, it happens. <laughs> A CAT scan at the hospital spotted the tiddlywink in her upper nose, and she had surgery on Thursday to get it out. They ended up having to push it even farther up her nose and removed it through her mouth. Damn. That's crazy. Well, it's all pipes. Yeah, all exactly. Yeah, right. Sure. Mary says she's worried or she's always had stress or sorry. Mary she's always had issues breathing through her nose, but never made the connection that the tiddlywink might still be up there. You know, there. It, 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 it's amazing what we get inside of our bodies. You know, I'm I, I'm watching like a, a video on TikTok the other day and it was a dog in a in a vet's office. And I you know how dogs can do just like stupid stuff without realizing they're doing stupid stuff. Mm -hmm. They got the dog unconscious, and the uh, the vet is going through into his nostril with a pair of tweezers, mm. and he pulls out, I swear to you, uh, what looks like a, uh, like a, like a reed, like a, like a stick. A Robert reed? No, no like a, like a stick that's a, probably six or seven inches long. A Donna reed? Right, just like right out of his nose, and of course it's you know dripping with stuff, but it's like. Yeah. But the dog, you know how a dog is when yeah. he's got sneezes uh -huh. or something's in his nose, and you know he's constantly sneezing. I don't know how a dog gets something like that up there, but you know, then I see the internet and you know what kind of stuff we humans put inside of our bodies, and it sounds like unbelievable. How did you even think? I'm going to stick this up there and see what happens next. I'm surprised this woman, you didn't say this woman had like, you know, breast implants. And that's when the uh, tiddlywinks accidentally got in there. All right. See, uh, you, you, you did the tiddlywink joke before, uh, and we were all trying uh, to gloss over it. Uh, I was without comedy for an entire week, uh, and I come back, and you just blew me away oh, with hey, that was, one, pal. Yeah. Oh, oh, boy. Man, he was just <laughs> knocking him out of the park this morning. Uh, oh, Johnny Goo uh, Goo. Yeah! Okay. Uh, Steve, that's enough. <laughs> You're no. no, it's not. <laughs> You're uh, your Pioneer Valley forecast, which is brought to you by Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. Going to be uh, very hot today. Perfect time for a Nitro Cold Brew Coffee over ice. It's uh, 95, but it's going to feel more like 100 the humidity. More of the same for tomorrow with a high of 96. It is 76 in downtown Springfield. Next time you're at the beverage cooler, look for the black and white can. Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is velvety smooth and never bitter because Fogbuster is air roasted. Now at every Big Y Express. And that's your Fogbuster forecast on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. Indeed. Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. It's uh, 753 and ACDC on Rock 102. The Southwick National. 
are coming to the uh, the uh, WIC 338. We talked to the uh, the folks over there uh, about a week or two ago. Uh, the fifth round of the 2021 Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championships. Kids are under 12 a half price. Uh, under six, they get in for free. It's a limited VIP experience and preferred viewing uh, while they last available. And more information uh, also can be found at wick338.com. We happen to have... A, a pair of tickets to the uh, the Southwick Nationals that can be yours at 293-1021. The 10th caller wins those tickets, so good luck to you. There's a weird uh, story that happened uh, actually a week ago today now in uh, in Colorado, a place called Arvada's Old Town, a downtown shopping district with shops and restaurants and bars. About 1.30 in the afternoon last Monday, a teenager uh, called the police to say an older man had walked up to him made a weird noise, and then showed him a condom. So the officer, an officer, gets to the scene and encounters the man who is 59 years old and also has a shotgun. Now, I don't know exactly how this happened that no one saw the shotgun previously or he had the shotgun hidden, but the guy, uh, I guess it happened so fast, the cop never even had a chance to defend himself or draw his own weapon. And the guy shot the cop wow. and killed him. Um, then the guy goes to his truck and gets an AR-15. And he comes back to where this crowd is now forming. And a guy in the crowd, a 40-year-old man who has a license to carry a gun and is, in fact, carrying a gun shoots the guy with the AR-15 and kills him. The first officer who arrives on the scene sees the good Samaritan standing there holding the AR-15 and opens fire on him and kills the bystander as well. Just a just a yeah. unbelievable story of i mean here's a guy obviously you know walking around uh, carrying a, a, a licensed weapon and sees something and decides to get involved and you know the truth of the matter is you got a crowd growing you got people coming from all over the place you really don't want to leave an ar-15 laying on the ground for too long but maybe you just you know you stand over it because this like this almost happened to me um when I when I was working security for you Caldor, were a creepy old man, and showed some guy yeah, a condom. Well, I'm working on it. Uh, when I was working security at Caldor, I chased a kid out of the store one night with with a knife. He had pulled the knife before he left the store, and I and I went after him, knowing he was carrying the knife. And me and a, and a friend who happened to be in the parking lot, we stopped him uh, on the front lawn of the Enfield Square in uh, in Enfield, and. Eventually, within within minutes, uh, I got the knife away from him, and I could hear the sirens. I knew I knew the police were on the way, and then the first cop gets out of the police car. I'm not holding the knife in a menacing fashion. I just happen to have the knife in my hand. Right. And the next thing I know, I'm looking down the barrel of his gun and being screamed at to drop the knife, which I did immediately. You know, I mean. That's the problem. Again, this is what we talk about all the time. Cops having to make split-second decisions. Here's a guy, and they said in the article, you know, this this cop who shot this Samaritan is probably just destroyed emotionally because this is a man who's right. 
but, who killed someone who killed a cop. But you know, for everyone who says you know if more people you know were armed, know. you know bad things wouldn't happen. And and while an argument could be made for that, if you're holding a gun in a situation in which cops are on their way and they see you with a gun, yeah. you know you're 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 basically putting trust in someone's split second decision making. Split second hyped up overactive exact decision making so which is why the idea of ever arming teachers was a ridiculous idea yeah and you've it, got an active shooter in the school and you've got civilians holding guns and i'm pretty sure that even teachers would not really not feel comfortable holding a gun yeah, in a classroom some of them wanted it some but, of them do but I bet, i'm gonna bet uh, an overwhelming majority do not just uh, what a just a weird story. It's seven fifty eight with Bax and O'Brien to Rock one oh two. Visit Spectrum. And now Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Get instant savings with your Rocky's Ace Rewards card. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, whenever I get a haircut, I try not to reveal all of my most intimate secrets to the person cutting my hair because, frankly, she's a nice lady and doesn't deserve to be subjected to my bottomless well of nonsense. This is among the many reasons why I never have it asked to appear on HBO's The Shop Uninterrupted, the series in which professional athletes uh, open up in a barber shop, maybe to get a haircut, lay it out on a line, just like some people do when they're getting a trim. In the latest episode, former Patriot quarterback Tom Brady is among the guests, along with NBA's Draymond Green and comedian Chelsea Handler. Now, the only reason I bring this up is because during the show, Tom Brady admits, quote, we're coming to the end. You see, Tom Brady will be turning 44 years old this weekend. 44! That's just one year away from his first recommended colonoscopy. While the colonoscopy is a relatively benign procedure deemed necessary for the early detection of polyps, tumors, and other intestinal abnormalities, to me, it should serve as a marker that if you're old enough for a jug of Go Lightly, then you're too old for an NFL minicamp. I know that there's no medical evidence to prove that. It's just that I'd, I'd want to do uh, that. Uh, I'd rather do a colonoscopy that run practice drills and watch a film a game film he also admitted during the show that 90 percent of what he says is probably not what he's thinking well either to the rest of us tom and that includes telling everybody that we want to keep working after retirement age listen i'm sure tom brady's got a lot to say and i'm sure tom brady needed the haircut but the man is telling everybody that he wants to play football until the age of 40 45 personally i hope that's among the 90% of the lies that come out of his mouth. Because in a career loaded with accomplishments, playing professionally until the age of 45 is almost irresponsible. You want to play out until the age of 44? Fine, but playing another season after that increases your chances of getting seriously hurt by a substantial margin, and you have a colonoscopy to get ready for, and I frankly think that's more important. But hey, and of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Man, the big green egg is a hell of a grill. It can roast, it can smoke, it can bake. And you have total control of the temperature up to 750 degrees. Try that with a normal grill. Good luck with that. No matter what the temperature is outside, you can control the temperature inside the big green egg. It's available right now at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. So that's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 8.09 in Credence on Rock 102. You'll wish you saw rain today. Just to cool you off a little bit, record high temperatures of about 95, a heat advisory till 7 o'clock Wednesday night. Another day like it tomorrow 
It's already 80 degrees in downtown Springfield. So uh, I seem to remember you saying you have, uh, is it four children? Three. Three of them? All girls. Uh, All girls. All girls. How many of them are still under 18? Uh, Only one of them. Only one. Now, you're you're divorced from their mother, so that makes this a little bit different, but- Oh wait a minute! No, I'm sorry. I, I read this wrong. This this was no, also I am divorced from their mother. That's, yeah, no, no that's, that's not the thing I read wrong. Uh, there was a story yesterday about teenagers and vaccines, and uh, under twelve, they still don't have a vaccine. But you know, twelve to seventeen, there are kids out there who have gone. 16 months without being able to see their friends, without being able to go to parties, without being able to go back to school even, and they want the vaccine, but their parents might not. And there are kids out there who are doing things in order to be able to do that. But there was this one parent, one group of parents, couple rather, that are divorced and the father is so opposed to the vaccine, he has told the mother, I will sue you if you let her get the vaccine. The mother apparently has primary custody. Okay. And he said he'll sue her. Now, it turns out the young 17-year-old girl went out and got the vaccine and didn't tell her mother because she wants the mother to be able to have plausible den- uh, deniability. But there's a, there was another one they were talking about how uh, the girl went out and got the vaccine. Apparently, uh, I'm trying to remember this now because I didn't take this part of the article. I don't know why I didn't. Um, she went to the school nurse. She's in high school. She's a senior in high school. She went to the school nurse. School nurse told her she needed both parents' permission to get it. She, uh, I believe, came back and said that her mother had given her permission. So wait a minute, wait, wait. The the school nurse, yeah, is yeah. the one distributing the uh, vaccine. Apparently, and and I don't remember where this was. Um, and uh, and her father. Let's see. She's in a pickle. The school is requiring students to be vaccinated for the fall semester, and she said her father has been warring warring with the school administration over the issue. The girl's afraid that if the father finds out that she was vaccinated, he's going to be furious. He's going to tell the school, which will then discipline her for deceiving vaccinators because she told them she had her parents' permission when she didn't. And that would put a stain on her record that could keep her from applying to certain colleges. It's like, All right, man, that, dude, <clears throat> the the amount of steps up that this thing could go—that's yeah, yeah, pretty know what? wild. <laughs> but the custodial parent would have—I don't know—I would think the custodial parent would have more say when it comes to vaccinations than a custodial parent. I mean, unless unless he's living in a state that allows him to carry the insurance uh, for the family. Um, and then in, that, in that case, you know, then maybe he would have more, you know, ability to voice his opinion and have it be heard. But I think the custodial parent would probably be in a better position to say, yeah, my child gets it or no, my child doesn't. 
Uh, I'm not sure what the insurance has to do with it since the shots are free. It's not about it's not about whether they have the insurance. It's about who's carrying the insurance. Mm. If 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 it's uh, if the mother is the custodial parent, but the father is carrying the insurance, the it's not free. Insurance is still uh, managing it. It's just not anything out of your pocket. Trying to, it's, it's hardly free. Trying to remember. Um, yeah, see, I wish I had kept this whole article. Uh, whether or not kids can kids get birth control without their parents' permission? Mm, uh, n- no, I think a parent has to. By uh, I don't remember what the age restriction is, but I think the parent has to agree to it mm. at a certain age. So if your kid is like Which 15, one? 16 years old. I think uh, just the custodial parent. Interesting, yeah. Ju- but I'm there are lots. To... But there are lots of reasons to put a, a a young girl on birth control. It's not always just about pregnancy. There may be, you know, issues with her menstrual cycle that may be you know regulated because of of taking these pills. There's lots of reasons to take it. Recent poll found that only three in ten parents of children between the ages of 12 and 17 intend to allow them to become vaccinated. Many say they will wait for long-term safety data. Uh, with tensions crackling inside homes because kids want to go back to where they were. 40 states require parental consent for vaccinations for minors under 18. Uh, Because of COVID, some states and cities are seeking to relax medical consent rules, emulating statutes that permit minors to obtain the HPV vaccine without parental consent. Last fall, they, they, in D.C., they voted to allow children as young as 11. There's bills pending in other states, others marching in the opposite direction. South Carolina teenagers can consent at 16, and doctors can perform certain medically necessary procedures without parental permission on even younger children. Uh, a bill before the legislature would explicitly bar providers from giving the COVID shot without parental consent. Um, but... You know there are the uh, there are others other vaccines I believe I'm trying to find it again where <laughs> the kids could go and get it without their parents' permission. I think you uh, yes I think there are but I also think it's about uh, the age and I don't know which ones uh, you could get it for for example like the HPV shot is something that you get between eleven and twelve years old. Now, in, in in a case like in my family, I've never had to sign uh, anything that's that gave permission for my kids to get that vaccine that I recall. There's one here where the doctor says in, in one state, Virginia, apparently, a parent can send a signed consent form for a teenager to be vaccinated. What? You know how many kids forge their parents' sure. names on, on, on pieces of paper? Sure. And if if a, if a doctor's office is questioning the signature, they can call and and, and confirm. Yeah, but if the, if they are questioning it. Um yeah, it's it's boy, I, I I that idea of the father telling the mother, I'll sue you if I find out you let her get it. Yeah. I I don't know if he's got much to stand on. To be honest, he may be angry about it, but I don't. I don't know if. If I mean, again, it, it depends on the state, depends on a lot of circumstances. But I don't think he's got much to stand on. There's I a, mean, if the kid wants it, and the uh, the the custodial parent wants the kid to get it, I don't think he's got much to say. 
The uh, There's a website, vaccine.org, which offers uh, guidelines to state consent laws, links to clinics, resources on straightforward information. Um, this, this was started by uh, an 18-year-old girl, started the site two years ago. She's the daughter of a uh, neurosurgeon and a lawyer, and um, she wants people to be, she wants kids to be able to get it. After administrators at a boarding school informed parents they would be offering the shots, her mother gave permission. Her father forbade it. Upset, she consulted the school nurse who said she could not be vaccinated without approval from both. Uh, she researched the state laws and learned that she wasn't old enough to consent on her own, so she showed up anyway. At worst, she figured they would turn her away, but apparently they took note only of her mother's consent and gave her the shot, So, even though they were supposed to have both parents. What's the age of consent in that situation? Did it say? Uh, I don't think so no because i mean i i mean you could i think you could make a case that there's a certain age and i don't know what that would be i don't know it's 15 16 18 where a, where a child has 100 percent uh authority to choose their medical care and if that includes vaccinations or other procedures or other uh you know other treatments you know at a certain age i'm not sure every kid is mature enough to make those decisions on their own. A psychologist and professor of pediatrics points out the irony of an adolescent being legally prevented from making a choice that was strenuously urged by public health officials. Developmentally, this doctor said, adolescents at 14 and even younger are at least as good as, as adults at weighing the risks of a vaccine, which isn't to say necessarily that adults are very good at it. But in, in some states, young teenagers can make decisions about contraception and sexually transmitted infections, which are more complex and fraught than the vaccine. Pediatricians say that even parents who have themselves been vaccinated are wary of having their children vaccinated. Yeah. See, so in, in a lot of schools, as I understand it, the, the vaccinations that are, that are uh, handed out by school nurses, they need parental uh, parental permission to do so they don't need the same kind of permissions to get birth control so i mean it's it's not it, it, it's not uh i mean it, it's not it's not equal it's not equal by any means on, on on some level a kid gets to decide how they want to be treated and on the other hand they don't um but see that's you know kind of the problem with like you know abortion laws trying to decide well at what point does a teenager have the ability to make appropriate decisions for their own health care? Mm-hmm. And some people say, well, if you're old enough to get pregnant, then you're old enough to make those decisions. Well, yeah, no. I mean, you, I wouldn't necessarily say that a 14-year-old kid can fully understand the ramifications and the risks of certain procedures and protocols. No. But on the other hand... I can also see where a kid's saying, hey, listen, if I don't get this, I don't get to go back to school. I don't get to see my friends. I don't get to participate in certain sports or activities. I want to get this done. But I would think that when push comes to shove, the custodial parent has more say than the non-custodial parent. Because in a lot of cases, the non-custodial parent's simply not involved at all. So, you know, what do you do? You can't, if you can't get 
you know, uh, you know, both parents to to uh, to decide or or agree. You have to go with a custodial parent. There was uh, there was one girl. I think she was uh, sixteen years old, and told you know told her mother, "It's my body. I can do what I want." And the mother, that that old adage, the mother comes back and goes, "No, it's my body until you're eighteen. It's like, oh man. Parents always get you with that one. That's that's as long a, as you're living under my, my roof. Room, it's my rules. Yeah, yeah no, that, that's that's, that's a the tough catch one. all. That is a catch all. It's eight twenty two with Bax and O'Brien of Rock one hundred two. Attention, truck buyers. Are you looking? To- it's eight twenty five with Bax and O'Brien of Rock one hundred two. You know, if you ever miss a Bax and O'Brien show, you can always check out the daily podcast. It's available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, or directly from BaxandO'Brien it's all brought to you by Gary Thomas and the Wealth Technology Group and Baxi's musical podcast this week. Another uh, look at Baxi's enormous record collection. This time we're looking at the debut album from 1980 by the Cramps, Songs of the Lord Taught Us. It's a hell of a record. The Cramps? Yeah, the Cramps. They've <laughs> been around for a very long time. <laughs> anyway, uh, that is available on BaxiandO'Brien.com. And next week, uh, a wicked cool interview I'm very excited about. From the period? No, and you aren't you a clever little bastard? Yeah, no, I do what the, I can. The uh, the Cramps are a uh, a classic rockabilly band from the eighties. So I hope those whales and sea turtles are happy now that we've stopped killing them with single use plastic bags. Huge flashback over the weekend. I went to uh, Big Y. Yes, and. Um, I know for a fact that they were having issues in the past with the handles on their paper bags. In many cases, the handles were giving way because of the weight of the bag, and people were dropping their groceries in the parking lot and getting very irate about it. Uh, They got new bags. I should say they got new old bags. It was weird, man. I mean, new old bags. The bags that we brought home in the 60s and the 70s when we went grocery shopping with our moms, just the big paper bag with no handles on it. Just the bag. Just the bag. Mm. Just like it was back then. I, I, I was having a total flashback when I saw this bag. It's the first time I've seen it. I open it up. No handles. I mean, they they had a, there was an original handle they tried, and that wasn't holding it. And there was a stronger handle they tried after that, and apparently that didn't do it either. But now it's back to those bags from the '60s, and I had all I could do to fight doing what I remember doing as a kid at my mother's direction. Usually, would be to fold the bags back up and then tuck them between the cabinet and the garbage barrel. And we would save them. And I don't ever remember even what we used them for after that. Covering your books at school. Yeah, that was one thing. But yeah, it was so weird to have that bag from like the 60s and 70s. I miss single-use plastic I know. Those goddamn sea turtles. And you know what? I wasn't using them for a single use. I know. Me neither. I'd line a little bucket uh, you have in the bathroom for garbage Mm -hmm. with those things because I'll be damned if I'm going to pay the $6 for the liners. And then, you know. And then uh, it, it was a multiple use. I used it as luggage one time, taking a trip to New York. How classy are you? Oh yeah, ah, that's more than a single use. But now, yeah, I was uh, I didn't I didn't fold it up. I was gonna fold it up, and, 
make my mom proud, but yeah. uh, I don't have any books to cover anymore. So. I, mean, I, I don't even bother. Like when, whenever I buy like a six pack of something, mm. uh, you know, you know, cutting up those little uh, little plastic thing right. anymore. It's like, please, if a turtle's dumb enough to get its head stuck in there, why is that my problem? Thought they were supposed to be smart. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, but but uh, yeah, it was. Um, you know, and and the the bad side of it is they got rid of those handheld baskets, those, those you know the baskets that you would carry around and put your stuff into. They got rid of those, but uh, they but, brought back. Um, I've seen those still. Uh, they're phasing them out. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. think that's a mistake. Sometimes, uh, I, sometimes I go to the grocery store and we need like a couple of things. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, sometimes a lot more times apparently people take them home with them oh i would never do i wouldn't i wouldn't steal a bat uh, a handheld basket yeah, although yeah. i can think of a couple uses for them oh i can think of a thousand uses for them like catching sea turtles <laughs> just go to the beach and <laughs> scoop them right up when they're not looking it's 829 news is next to rock 102 socks Eight thirty one with Bax and O'Brien to Rock One Hundred Two. It is time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. Traffic alert. Roadhog. The Longmeadow Police uh, is informing the public about a construction project that is expected to cause significant traffic delays. Already had started this morning. The Converse Street and Laurel Street intersection will be closed. Police say northbound and southbound travel on Laurel Street will be open while travel westbound and eastbound on Converse Street will be closed. The oh, thankfully, thing, nobody uses that intersection. Well, thankfully, uh, not too many people really know their directions, so just avoid the area at all costs. Well, I'm a, as it turns out, i got to go to Big Y and get some more of those plaster paper bags today. So mm-hmm. I'll, uh, I'll take uh, William Street and just avoid the whole mess, but that, of course, is going to put more people on Route 5. But what they've been, I don't, I don't know what they're even doing over there because they've been simultaneously working along Route 5 between, you know, Forest Glen and uh, and at least Converse, if not further south. I thought so, that was the pipeline thing that they were doing. It might be, and, I, and, and these might both be the same project. It's just, you know, now you're another block uh, east from, from Route 5. Well, as if you needed another reason to stay away from Longmeadow. Here's yeah, a good one today. This is right going to be uh, lasting uh, until July 2nd, and then they pick it back up on July 12th for that week as well. Of course, so. I could always turn around and go the other way and go up Harkness and then through Springfield. Well, but, why don't you do uh, that? Uh, that's kind of a pain in the ass. How is it a pain in the ass? Too many lights, too much slowing down, too much traffic. It's less than a, less of a pain in the ass than a shut down intersection. Uh, yeah, but there's ways around that. I uh, I would be I'd rather be moving than idling in traffic. Even, yeah. Even if it's yeah. heavy traffic, I'd rather be at least moving, even if it's 15 miles an hour. Uh, yes, but if I have an opportunity instead to do 60 miles an hour. At the risk of doing sixteen hundred dollars worth of damage to my car, <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather take the faster route. Uh, rescue workers digging feverishly for a fifth day today stressed that they could still find survivors in the rubble of a collapsed Florida condo building. A hope family members clung to, even though no one has been pulled out alive since the first day the structure fell. The death toll rose by uh, four people on Sunday to a total of nine confirmed dead, but more than 150 people are still missing in Surfside. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I mean, you do remember those stories sometimes about earthquakes 
where someone would be pulled out alive a week later. Um, I suppose it is possible. But one of the stories I was hearing over the weekend, which is really weird, there was a fire burning in the pit of the collapse. And obviously you can't just go pulling things out of the way to get to the fire. But they're also having nasty tropical storms out there since Thursday as well. So parts of the parking garage, they were saying, has water like up to your knees. And when they found this fire, they were like, now if we start pumping in thousands of gallons of water onto the fire, that's going to make the wreckage weigh hundreds or thousands of tons more. So they didn't, they didn't bother. They let the fire burn itself out. But, you know, then you have the potential of possible survivors drowning from the amount of water that's that's being uh, accumulated, it's a, just a horrible situation out there. You know, when we uh, were talking about it on uh, Thursday, and uh, it wasn't clear exactly how it had collapsed, and then you look at the video, you know, now because mm. you know, I mean, obviously there's there's other angles, and you can you can actually see the building collapse as it happened. You just you you, you can't even imagine how frightening that must have been if you're inside that building in the middle of the night. Well, especially the second building that went down. They had a video last night. It was a a ring camera, obviously, an indoor ring camera of someone who wasn't home. And and you could see the plaster was falling before the building gave way. And, yeah, if you were in that second building, because that went down like maybe 15 seconds, after the first one, you know, just long enough to wake you up to go, what the hell was that? And then it drops. But it's 12 stories as opposed to 100-something stories like the World Trade Center was mm-hmm. where obviously there was a lot more stuff to crush people underneath. Yeah. A 12-story building, it's possible. You know, it came down in a way that there are air pockets and people may be alive. But, you know... When people are sleeping and they're awoken by a noise, they're disoriented. So mm-hmm. even if it's 15 seconds between the first, you know, collapse and the second one, it's not like you've got time or can wake up fast enough to really have any idea what's going on. No, I'm thinking about you know, like the late people who stay up until two in the morning because this was like one twenty in the morning. You're staying up watching TV until one thirty, and all of a sudden you're like, "What the hell is that?" Well, the TV went out. The power went out before the whole thing collapsed. Also, yeah. Well, but even but even then, mm. you it, it's not like you have the ability to just run out of the building and no. try to save yourself. And mo- and most they said a lot of the people who were awake or did survive thought it was an earthquake. The uh, owners of that uh, condo building that collapsed to with deadly consequences were just days away from a deadline to start making steep payments toward a more towards more than $9 million in repairs that had been recommended nearly three years earlier. That cost estimate from the Morabito Consultants engineering firm in 2018 meant owners at Champlain Tower South were facing payments of anywhere from $80,000 for a one-bedroom unit to $330,000 or so for a penthouse to be paid all at once or in installments. Their first deadline would have been July 1st. One resident whose apartment was spared, Aldoberto Alguero, had just taken out a loan to cover his $80,000 bill. Well, what do you do with the money then now? I guess you got to give it back. Yeah, probably. But 
just and just three days before yeah, repairs yeah. started. Yeah. yeah, I don't understand those. You know, you have a major structural damage that these this consulting firm found, saying you got to fix this. Is there not some sort of emergency thing where you they're forced to fix it like immediately? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there must be degrees of uh, deterioration that reaches a certain point where they say, all right, this is imminent. This building could come down any minute, evacuate it, mm -hmm. as opposed to, look, you, you guys got to fix this problem. You know, it's every 40 years, they said, that the buildings are inspected down in Florida. So, you know, you're... I think this was past the 40-year mark or, or approaching the 40-year mark. And they did realize that there was, you know, there was definitely some structural issues, but not necessarily the kind that would bring the whole building down. But, you know, I'm sure you're going to find in the end that the owners are going to be in quite a bit of trouble for possibly not getting things fixed when they should have. Well, uh... It was coming up on July 1st. Uh, I don't know what else we could have done. Uh, how could yeah. we predict it would come down on June 25th? Well, I, I'm sure they thought, well, you know, it's not, it's not like it's going to fall down. We got all the time in the world to get this fixed. And then one day. And one bad day. One piece of paper falls on the roof. You know, and that, it's one little bit I, of weight too much. I was thinking about that. Like, what was <laughs> that bird. final that final thing? A flamingo. Yeah, a flamingo, right? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he's just standing there. He got one leg up in the air, and all his friends are looking at him like, Bob, what did you do? I don't know. I just came over to lift my leg up, and bam, the building falls down. Bob, you are in so much trouble. No, no, right he now. just he just flies away, goes and gets in the ocean. Yeah, like mixing with the other flamingos. Like slowly backs off and flies away. What? Doesn't no. realize they have him on video. He's yeah, but now he's wearing a fake mustache. So when yeah. they arrest him, they're like, "Are you? Aren't you the flamingo that no. collapsed that building? No, I just I'm just a yard ornament for someone. I wasn't anywhere near that building collapsed. <laughs> Why do you got rubble? Why do you got rubble on one of your legs? Uh, I don't know. That's a uh, dead birth, skin. That's a birthmark. My, that's my everyday rubble. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, uh, I, just, it's got to be scary though. To, oh hell to, yeah. To be like, if even for for uh, like a family member of a victim, going, mm -hmm. God, that is the way that they went. Yeah. And you uh, hope they went quickly. Uh, would you believe uh, if I said dads shouldered more of the extra parenting than moms last year? Of course you wouldn't, because that didn't happen. Yeah. A new global study <laughs> found that the average mother did 173 extra hours of parenting in 2020 because of the pandemic, and dads only pitched in an extra 59 hours. <laughs> That's just over one uh, extra week's worth of dealing with kids for moms and about uh, two and a half days for dads. Both of those numbers seemed low, but uh, that's just the global average. It might be more in the U.S. But boy, did dads get a chance to listen to a lot of complaints over the last 12 months. Yeah, I, I, listen, uh, I'm by myself. I did all of the parenting. Yeah, I was going to say, you're the, you're the exception to all of these things. Yeah, you're, you're, you're busting the curve over there. Yeah, but I think there's a lot of people out there like me who have the sole responsibility of their children mm -hmm. uh, that uh, get the cold shoulder from the survey. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm sure the survey takers probably say, oh, uh, I'm sorry, sir, are you a single father, uh, widower? Oh, I'm, uh, you don't count. We'll move on. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're only focused on the ones yeah. who 
are still involved in a family where everyone's still around and don't and doesn't do anything. A uh, man named Frank Alito, who grew up on Long Island, lives in Brooklyn now and writes for the site Insider.com. He is uh, quite the city boy, and he did an article for Insider's travel section last week after visiting the Midwest for the very first time, specifically Chicago and Detroit. And he had a few astute observations, things anyone who has been to the Midwest already knows. But if you've never been there, these things would seem shocking to you. Never been. Things move at a slightly slower pace. That is true. Restaurants and trains included. Uh, and what does that mean? They're always late? No, it's just that uh, you know people aren't so hung up on having to be quick and on time. You kind of you know, so in other words, they're all up. late. Well, yeah, it's the yeah. it's the relaxation of the Midwest. Yeah, yeah, it's the it's the way people decide to call things. It depends on your definition of late. Mm-hmm. People are almost too nice. It confused him at first, then made him uncomfortable. I'll tell you what made me uncomfortable. The first time I went to Florida to the grocery store, and the kid at the Publix grabbing my groceries and starts wheeling them out the store, mm-hmm. and I'm like, whoa, 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 where are you going? I'm helping you out to the car. I'm just taking your groceries to the car, yeah. sir. And I'm like, I'm sorry, sir. I'm from New England. If somebody grabs our stuff, we just assume that you're stealing it from mm-hmm. us. Yeah. You know. You and know, by the way, uh, how someone defines lateness has nothing to do with it. No, late ex- is any moment beyond the scheduled sure, time. But there's a certain acceptable amount of lateness that, you know, based upon where you are, uh, is acceptable or not acceptable. I for don't. you, it would not be acceptable. For a lot of people in the Midwest... There's a cushion. I'm always on Midwest time. Yeah. By the way, uh, it is true that people are nicer out there. John Wayne Gacy was about as friendly as a guy as you would ever want to meet. Oh, yeah. Always had a pitcher of iced tea on the porch. Oh, yeah. Plus, he was a clown, so he Mm -hmm. entertained those kids who were found in the crawl space. And uh, things don't cost as much. He was expecting $15 cocktails and $50 dinners. So he kind of felt like he could cut loose. He's from Long Island. He... Probably is expecting everywhere to charge the same amount, but I would have never expected it to be that expensive. I went to a high-end. The last time I was in the Midwest, I went to a high-end steak place. You go to a high-end steak place or now, it's going to cost you 50, 60 bucks a steak, right? Mm-hmm. At least. 39 bucks. It's like, oh, my God. For good steak. For too. real good steak. Yeah. 39 and sides. Bucks. And, well, of course, the sides came with it. But this wasn't like a... I didn't say, of course. There's a lot of places that charge you a la carte. Yeah, I, I ate at a place last week that was every, everything was a la carte. Yep, right. Forks, knives, but napkins. Didn't, but they didn't even bring it out on a cart. They just... No. You I, ordered it and they handed it to you. I'm like, where's the you. cart? You okay. said a la carte. It, it was, was on a cart before they brought it to you. Uh, but yeah, that those they, they can get super expensive. Oh, yes. Damn restaurants. Damn right. Midwesterners spend more time in nature. He heard talk of cabins and hikes. He also found people appreciate large bodies of water more than New Yorkers do. Uh, and it's they also, don't have any. It's all yeah, they do. Great Lakes, Chicago's right on Lake Michigan. Yeah, they're not so great. Uh, it's uh, also hard. It's a big lake. They got a lot of well, appreciation. That's for what it. they should call it: big lakes, giant lakes, like like Minnesota with land of a thousand lakes. Really, a thousand, a thousand. Uh, wasn't that no 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 no? What was the song? What, what was that? The Land of a Thousand Dances. Was oh it? yeah, yeah. What's who was that? Uh, Ten Thousand Maniacs. No, no, it was not. Yeah, it was. No, it was not. Back, you on a break? I don't. 
Was I'm it? trying to look something else up. I would think you would know, though. Land of a Thousand Dances, I thought, was... Uh, what's, uh, uh, 10,000 Maniacs. I don't even know the song. I don't even like the band, so... Yeah, I don't think it was... Wilson Pickett. It yeah. was Wilson Pickett. Wilson Pickett. No, no, no. It was uh, Carney Wilson in the... Uh... <laughs> You're a Pioneer Valley forecast today. It is going to be hot and humid. The high of 95, uh, going to feel like more than that with uh, the humidity. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 96. It is 79 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 853 and Tom Petty on Rock 102. Hot today. Uh, heat advisory, in effect, till 7 o'clock Wednesday evening. Uh, high today, about 94. Tomorrow, 95. Both days will be very uh muggy so it'll feel over 100 right now it's uh 82 already in downtown springfield pretty cool event coming up on saturday july 17th to uh to benefit the whip city animal sanctuary it's uh their uh, golf tournament and on the phone list to talk about that is uh sonia henderson good morning sonia how are you good morning i'm fine thanks for having me absolutely tell us about uh, the animal uh, sanctuary um, it's um, in Westfield, and it's a, a, like a, a farm place where we um, rescue farm animals. We have horses, cows. We have a cow. He's our celebrity. His name is Teddy. He's a Highland cow. Um, he's about a year old. Um, we have, like I said, we have goats, ducks, chickens, roosters. Um, we have an adorable little, um, very large turkey that everybody loves. Um, some horses. We've actually had a um, a horse born on the farm recently, and they're all rescues or they're um, been neglected or just unwanted and surrendered, and that's how we've gotten most of them. They all have some kind of sad stories, where, but, you know, we're just trying to make a better life for them. Where'd the cow come from? He actually came um, from a, a meat farm, and about two days after he was born, he was, I guess, just abandoned by his mother. And um, they tried, the farmer tried to, um, you know, bottle feed him and take care of him. Um, but he was, had so many issues and, and, and um, injuries and such like that. Um, the uh, Robin, who is one of the owners of the farm, found him and was able to get, get him and take him back to the farm to, um, you know, nurse him back to health. And now he's just a nice little strong little guy. This is, this is uh, Sonia Henderson from the, uh, the Whip City animal sanctuary now i have to believe that running an an animal sanctuary like this is not exactly the cheapest thing to operate <laughs> no, so so what so tell tell us about that part of it i mean is this uh is this purely by donation or uh, you know how do you normally you know fundraise for this yes we know more it's all donations we are a 501c uh non-profit um, so we run completely by no donations. We host different events. We have um, community events about every other month we're starting to do where, you know, we have visiting hours normally every Saturday. Um, but some of the visiting hours we'll have, like, like just Saturday, we had a, a um, little kids carnival um, with tie-dyeing. And it, it, there were so many people attending. And, and we do so well with that. It helps buy the hay and the vet bills and the medicine and the food. And, you know, so it's you know, our community's been great helping us out. We've really done well. You know, so we, again, obviously we're going to continue doing fundraising to, you know, keep the animals healthy and taken care of. Will any of these animals be wandering the course on the day of the tournament? <laughs> <laughs> 
I think that we might have a visitor or two. Yeah? A birdie or something yeah, right. like that, exactly. maybe? Uh, well, probably the goats. They're a little easier to to bring places. Well, there yeah. you go. Then they'll really clean up around the fairways, right. too. Of course they will. Oh, yeah, they could. <laughs> so the, the, uh, the golf tournament is on uh, July 17th. Tell us a little bit about uh, what you got planned. Um, well, let's see. I'm not too knowledgeable on golf, but I'm being told it is a scramble. Um, shotgun start at one. We're doing dinner and raffles at five thirty. We have a few games on the course. Um, it is a um, hundred dollars to play, and that comes with dinner, golf, and a cart. We're trying to book foursomes. It's a little easier, but at this point, we would love anyone who wants to join to you know let me know, and we'll get your registration form. And you still have until Wednesday to sign up for it, right? Yes, but, you know, we'll take stacklers if we need to. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. And uh, what's the website that they can go to to do that? Um, they can actually email me. Um, Mike, do you want me to give you Yeah, yeah please do. Okay. <laughs> it's W-H-T-T-Y-G-R-E-6-5 at Yahoo. Great. All right. Very good. So it's uh, Saturday, July 17th, East Mountain Country Club, mm-hmm. and it's to benefit the Whip City Animal Sanctuary. Uh, Sonia Henderson, yeah. we appreciate the time today. Best of luck. Have a great day out there. All right. Thank you. Absolutely. It's uh, 8.58 with Max and O'Brien and Rock 102. Rock 102's Classic Rock.